Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because you've got powerful legs, how do you get the physique? Was it gym or how do you get the physique? Um, I've always been that She's actually not got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, oh, you yeah. little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. I sure just... no one will mind. Move him out of here, dead Darren. Ricky Hat didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual I don't want to that. Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni <laughs> live on Saturday night. <laughs> Out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. Boxing, um, Natters, Messenger Group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Bump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 540th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call, we have Andy Patterson going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The ad-free Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everyone listening through the week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Sports Social. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of September. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Just a couple of grizzled old hardcores tonight. Matty um, is suffering from 1980s bad AIDS, unfortunately. We wish him well. Uh, rapping Rob Kelly's touch and go at the moment, touching cloth. Who knows if he's going to appear. The lesser spotty Aussie Smith, we haven't heard from him in a while either. I have thrown the link out into the chat box there. So if you fancy coming on and talking shit, 
for a little while, for as long as we last, which might be about 15, 20 minutes at this rate. And feel free. I see Ames in the chat. Ames, if you want to jump on, you are more than welcome. Anybody else? Matt Butters is there as well. The link is in the chat. Come on. Tell us what you want to talk about. We are happy to discuss anything with you. Got Joe Joyce coming up later next week. And in fact, against Gilles Zhang in the big rematch. Will it be repeat or revenge? We've got Richardson Hitchens as well. Might even talk a little bit of Canelo Charlo, even though that's the following week and the PBC undercard as well. I'll tell you where we'll start off, Andy. I'll tell you exactly where we're going to start off this weekend. Why your corridors got emptied last night just before <laughs> nine PM when the Dispatches documentary came out, mate. Oh, don't be on the moral. Don't be on the moral. Why is that, boys? They've all they've all disappeared. Everyone's Ten gone eye well. Uh, I know. I'm saying you're talking about like the bad age of Matty. Nah, you know, I don't know what's been happening there. Maybe he's been frequenting the same joints as uh, as a certain you know funny haired guy. You know, Bob Geldof's pal. <laughs> don't, know, don't know about that, no You know, Rob Lunter's no quarter to nine last night. I am not going the pod. Eh, la, eh, the morning boys, eh, something's come up. So I don't know, mate. They must yeah. be running for cover these days. I don't know what's happening. Thoughts and prayers. They're getting out of dodge before the Titanic sinks. Uh, God help them, I say. Uh, yeah, we're going to start off tonight in the American Bank Center in Corpus Christi, Texas. This was on Friday evening. A few cards on Friday, a few on Saturday as well. I watched a lot of boxing. It was all starting to mingle into one. So hopefully I can remember a bit of the stuff and uh, use my notes as a guide as well. Luis Alberto Lopez needed no notes whatsoever. He still has the IBF World Featherweight title after scoring a unanimous decision win over Joet Gonzalez. Scores of 116-112, more realistic, 118-110 as well. Only the two rounds to Gonzalez and Robert Hoyle's card. 117-111 for Steve Weisfeld as well. Uh, throughout the night, Andy, ESPN kept framing the main event as Joette Gonzalez's final opportunity to win a world title. And the way they called it was almost as if they were attempting to fulfil that prophecy. Mark Kriegel had him winning the fight. Asuna sort of saying he was winning the fight as well. Tim Bradley, right until the scores came out, said it was close. And then all of a sudden he said it wasn't close. The scores were all in Lopez's favour, as I read out there. A couple were fairly wide. Is that the kind of fight that you saw as well? No, I thought it was a bit kind of more competitive fight. I thought it was should be even more tight on the card. And I think 116, 112 was probably a fairer score, possibly. Um, I thought Lopez mostly was was on the front foot. He's applying the pressure, but Gonzalez was he was happy to prove he was he was no sitting duck. He was he was thrown back. He had his moments where he exposed Lopez's lack of head movement. He was finding right hands in there as well. So, as I said, he was having a fair bit of success with that. And I said, Lopez's head just a wee bit too static. However, the, I did think the punches that Lopez was landing, it was good in the eye, they looked heavy. Um, when they did come in bursts, for example, um, they seemed to be kind of having an effect. It kind of got um, Gonzalez covering up. He just wasn't really responding uh, very quick to it. And it kind of allowed Lopez to kind of you know slip off to the side and kind of suckle the ring from time to time by himself with you know, a bit of breathing time. But... Um, I don't think uh, Gonzalez's uh, reach and you know just pick, you try to pick that kind of single counter that type of thing and that as well. So it was uh, as I say, it was uh, it was a decent enough fight to be fair. But I just think um, the bursts from Lopez, you know, the punching and that, you know, like the three four punch combos for time to time, and then obviously the single shots and you get out of distance. Gonzalez did try to push it late as well, especially in the twelfth round, try to kind of like you know dog it out. But Lopez pretty much kind of eased it through toward the end of the end of the fight, however. But um, I even think, even though it was competitive in, in in moments, I don't think Lopez was really totally, you know, flustered as such. But I did think he won the fight. Maybe knows why did some of the judges had it, but I think it was it was it was close enough in the cards anyway. 
Yeah, I thought Lopez was a worthy enough winner as well. Probably eight to four, seven to five, something like that. The one eighteen, one ten was a little bit wide. Um, MB there saying I didn't score it, but the contrast between what Kriegel had and the actual scores was big, which was the story of the weekend. We saw quite a few fights like that across ESPN, across the zone, where the judges have come up with one thing and they and the people at home or the commentators have come up with another. I know Tim Bradley did this little segment in between. Uh, my God, the ESPN card must have gone on for about seven hours. I never thought it was going to end. I had to start ripping it onto three speed at some point. But <laughs> I had been talking to the commission and he got all these things on effective scoring, uh, effective scoring, sorry, and how to score a fight and effective aggression and ring generalship. It's actually quite interesting. But So he was trying to, to score them. But again, there was a disparity between what we thought we were seeing and what the officials were coming up with. Right, well, the copy of that fight I had, mate, to be fair, was uh, it was one of those ESPN ones that kind of cut off between rounds right to the commercial break. Right. So I, I, I got nothing what was getting said. In, you know, in between rounds, I see no no, no visuals or anything like that. It was just complete ESPN commercial break. So I didn't know what was getting said at that point. But I try and really uh, no listen to kind of Bradley and even Kegel. But the thing with Bradley and that is, ooh-wee, ooh. I'm like, dude, just call the fight. So, yeah, he's... Um, I wasn't really kind of like paying attention as such, but uh, I did notice there was a, a, a bit of kind of like out, outcry as such, especially on the, on the socials in that regards to the, the 118-110 scorecard. I didn't think uh, Gonzalez has really got much of a fair shake, but as we, as we said, um, it, just, it was just the kind of like the spot for Lopez. I just I think you know, it, was, it was more eye-catch and, and definitely the punches that he was landing were, were certainly the, the heavier of the two. Yeah, I know Fernando Vargas, his son Emiliano Vargas was on the undercard as well. And he was talking about sparring with Lopez and just how hard he punches. We've seen Lopez's style. We know it's very unorthodox. I saw him up close and personal when he was fighting Michael Conlon. He just throws these crazy shots from really out wide. It's not technically very good. Gonzalez, on the other hand, is a very good technical boxer. Very good jab, overhand right, plunders forward. On paper, he's a puncher, but doesn't really seem to, to hurt too many people. Lopez, very unorthodox. What he does isn't textbook whatsoever. We all know that. But one thing I noticed about him as well, in fights, the Flores fight, similar, maybe Warrington, although he was suffering with Warrington's style and the head clashes and the cuts and stuff like that, about his punching power. Does he retain that punching power late in the fight? No, Michael Conlon, we didn't get a chance to see that. Isaac Lowe, we didn't get a chance to see it either. Is he a six-round fighter? I don't mean maybe stamina or energy-wise or maybe even concentration-wise. Sometimes in the last four or five rounds, we see he doesn't seem to have as much on his punches. And you mentioned about throwing in spurts and in bunches there. He was, in the in the last few rounds, he was leaving it to the last 10, 20 seconds, the old Arthur Abraham trick to throw shots to try and win the round. But his punches didn't seem to be having as big an effect on uh, Lo- um, Gonzalez, sorry, as they were early on. Is he... Is the, does the power start to wane late on, naturally, for Lopez? Something I'm going to keep an eye on in future fights, to be fair, mate. Um, the one thing about this fight coming into it, I was, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but as you know, there's a couple of torrent sites that I've got a kind of prediction going on. I had picked this one as a, as a distance fight because I just fancied Gonzalez. With just, even though he never just never seems to kind of go over the hump, he's always kind of good, solid, and they always kind of like give a good account of himself. And I think as well as he was a wee bit kind of under underappreciated. I think many people thought he would get stopped. But um, as I say, he gave Lopez some problems. As well. I don't know if it was maybe Lopez maybe showing a wee bit of respect as well. Because as I say, he was getting caught with shots. And he was being forced to move. And maybe he was just buying moments in that as well. Just, you know, try to buy breath or whatever that maybe the weight's maybe an issue we just we just don't know but certainly it's kind of something that we can keep an eye on in future fights and that especially as you say i mean this you know gonzalez is always good value uh, for like testing guys for going the distance that type of thing but uh, at the same time 
I think when you when you look at Lopez and that as well, as you go to look at him at a higher level, would he, you know, against like some maybe uh Rubisi Ramirez, you know, that is probably the kind of acid test you want to see him in. You know, if it does go past six, seven rounds, has he got the gas? You know, because Ramirez seems to be a wee bit of a special talent. Even after that pro debut, he seems to have come on loops and bounds a wee bit. Um, could be the future of that division as well. You just don't know. But um, Lopez, as I say, is, uh, maybe the power of this doesn't carry too much into the kind of latter half. But maybe, maybe as well, maybe he felt he was coasting that fight and he felt he could. But as I say, he was, he was forced to kind of, you know, put the foot down a little bit as well. Because Gonzalez was trying to test him late. And he had to, he had to hold his ground in that as well. So... Yeah, I'm just having a little look through the rankings here. Actually, uh, Lopez, uh, the boys in the chat. I think it was Michael Thompson. Yeah, he said he's got a, he's got a fun style. How has he not been chinned yet? But you do find that with these kind of guys, it it works for them until it doesn't. Whenever the reflexes start to go and they're just staying in the pocket for that half second too long, that's when people uh, catch up with these kind of guys. Uh, Lopez reminded me a bit of Tiafima on Friday. The way he fought, uh, says MB. I was looking up in the rankings there to try and find Ruben Villa. Actually, he's uh, slotting in at number four for the WBC. I'm trying to see if he's in any of the other rankings. Not not highly. If he is 11th in the WBO there, 11th in the WBA as well. Nice fighter, Ruben Vera, and he was on the undercard, but I think it's worth mentioning him because he obviously has a win over Luis Alberto Lopez early on in his career. If he's getting up high in those rankings of the IBF, uh, where he is... Um, oh, he's not... He's not. He's, not uh, he's 11th, sorry, with the IBF, yes, below Michael Conlon, but maybe that needs to be updated. They could maybe try and shoehorn in a voluntary or something and, and pitch it as Lopez defending the title and trying to get the win over somebody that he's already beaten, given the fact that Villa has also been signed by top rank as well recently. Maybe they've got an eye on that type of fight, maybe a rematch between Lopez and Villa, and then move on, like you say, to unifications, possibly. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, what would you say that Villa was ranked about in the rankings? Well, he's ranked down at 11th by the IBF. He's highest with the WBC. Uh, we've got Ray Vargas as the champion, and then Figueroa holds like a w- an interim title there. But I'm trying. I'm thinking maybe That's mandatory though. But who's mm. who's the mandatory? I uh, uh, for the IBF is Raya Abe is number one at the moment. He's the guy who beat uh, sent Kiko into retirement, I think, isn't he? So maybe they'll. Maybe he'll push his way forward before before that um, opportunity for Vio. I just think the way they're pushing him forward uh, put put me in mind of you know the, the built-in storyline. The narrative's already there. They might try to make that, but given he's out of the top ten altogether, you know it's maybe unlikely. Yeah, um, you just don't know, mate. I mean, you know, you've seen guys outside the top ten getting there. Obviously, if you're in the top fifteen, you can always get the call. Um, I'm just trying to think about the mandatory in that as well. I was just obviously you got that Marco Cello who was on the showbox card. He fought during the, uh, I think it was the same day actually. He's he he would I think he would be a good fighter. Obviously different promotions, but um, he's aggressive. You know, come forward fighter in that as well. As I think he might give Lopez a you know a very good test. Ramirez, I think obviously unification if it can get made. Ray Vargas, I, I ain't I ain't clamouring to see that one anytime soon. To be fair, mate, and I don't think Eddie. Especially with Lee Wood, actually, who, who's he meant to be fighting? I don't think Eddie would be fancying making that as a Woods fighting Warrington next month. So Warrington, I forgot mm. about that fight actually. So yeah, go through the rankings here myself. Actually, Tomoki Kameda. Pause. It's a decent enough scrap. Kameda maybe be you know, over the hill. Nick Ball actually, no, that would be, that would be, that would be. That could be a blood and guts part of that one, to be fair. Nick Ball, you know what he's like. He's very thick set for the weight. All action, relentless. You know, you, you want to talk about Lopez, maybe, but he's lack of power late. You know, maybe lack of stamina, possibly. Maybe that'll get called into question. Nick Ball could, could be your guy there, mate. He can uh, answer those questions. Because, as you say, Ball, we just keep coming for him. 
Nick Ball comes forward, he throws a lot of shots, he does damage to people. You mentioned Rabezi Ramirez there, Andy. We last saw him beating up that uh, that's that robotic Japanese guy on the Inue Fulton undercard. A unification with Ramirez, who's the WBO champion, would make sense. It would be an in-house fight. Ramirez, quite similar to Lopez, really, is a fighter who looks explosive early on. Maybe runs out of ideas as fights go on. A little bit of a Cuban thing there. A lot of them have one trick, but it's a really good trick. And But once it, better fighters suss it out, not saying Lopez would be able to, as you say, it gets a bit repetitive and they start to realise the different directions they're moving in, the footwork, the way that Rigondo was always notorious for dipping out a certain way and against lesser fighters, he wasn't able to get away with it. But when he fought Lomachenko, he got caught out. Ramirez looks a million dollars early on, but then as the fights go on, he does tire a little bit. He throws the looping shots. He does tend to get a bit more reserved. You, you would imagine after six rounds, Lopez against Ramirez could be a really interesting fight. And why can't Bob Aaron make that? They're both signed under his promotional outfit. Yeah, I'll say as well, mate. But then obviously... <laughs> Again, it might just come down to money and that, but that shouldn't cost too much to make that one, to be fair. Um, unification, I mean, they're not going to stick that on pay-per-view. ESPN should have enough money to make that fight potentially happen. Maybe be right about Ramirez, maybe he runs out of ideas, maybe kind of, you know, taking that same same trick pony, supposedly. You remember as well as he is, what, he's almost 30 and that. I mean, forget how many amateur fights the guy's had, and you just don't know how close he is to being over his over his prime and that. I mean, some of these guys that he's fought have, you know, let's, let's be honest in that as well, as if, you know, they're not exactly fresh guys, are they? So, you know, and obviously he's better, you know, in them anyway, but it wouldn't really matter. But as I say, you know, you want to see him maybe, you know, potentially fighting a guy close to his peak. Lopez is, is that opponent. Um, as I say, I've named a couple of fighters there who, who I think could, or, or who we think could... Uh, Probably Guy Lopez a test. I think Nick Balls one of them. Kameda might give him, you know, good workout. But Ramirez Lopez definitely would love to see that fight. Easy enough to get made potentially, but I mean, you just don't know what the guys are going to be asking for in that as well. But um, I see Conlon still is Conlon uh, no right uh, no retired now. I just see no no back. no. He's he's meant to be coming back. I heard. Is I'm he? not sure what weight he is. Yeah, because he's going to get a new trainer. Because they were talking about him staying in the Adam Booth gym. We're going with the other fella, the the Asian fella. I can't remember his name, to be honest, and training with him. And then right. he was all set to come back, as far, from what I heard, in the beginning of December because they wanted Toro McKenna to fight. Should have been this Saturday just gone against that Esposito in Dublin. But the BUI pulled that because of security issues or whatever the official line was, I don't know. And then McKenna was going to fight Lewis Crocker. Podrick McCrory was going to fight on the card all in the Odyssey. And Conlon was going to be on it as well, but obviously that could, you know, they, they maybe push that aside. Now, I know, I know Jamie has it booked for the first week in December, and Mick was supposed to come back. I, I don't, I said at the time, Andy, I don't think he'll retire. I don't think he'll want to go out like that against Lopez. I think he'll, yeah. he'll truly believe that he can still win a world title, whether he can or not, I don't know. But he, he'll believe he can, and he'll want to keep going and, and have one more run at it, I think. And they'll try to build him up towards something because he's he is still a ticket seller. And I don't know where he fits in with the featherweight ecosystem. I mean, where where does he fit in for you? We have to be realistic about his abilities, really, because I'm looking at him on Boxrec here, and he's in at number 17. I mean, you know, he went, he, he was seconds away from beating Wood, got knocked out at the end. Against Lopez, he was struggling with the power, got absolutely iced in the fifth round. Then if you look at the respected performances of guys like Joe Gonzalez, like, realistically, a few years ago, you'd say, Joe Gonzalez and Conlon, man, they're, Maybe not miles apart, but you put Mick sort of above that. Isaac Lowe, you wouldn't look at Conlon being on that same kind of level. Gabe Flores, yet those guys have gone farther in fights 
than Mick did with Lara. I know it's Styles make fights and all that, and Conlon really didn't fight the right, the correct kind of fight that night. You know, he stood in the pocket and tried to go toe-to-toe with Lopez, which wasn't the best strategy. He probably should have tried to box him. But the point is, com- comparatively speaking, the way Gonzalez performed against Lopez on Saturday night and the way Flores hung in there again late on, Lopez's power didn't hold up compared to the performance Mick put in. Does it make you question the levels of these respective fighters, uh, Conlon in particular? Yeah, possibly. I'm, I'm also trying to think as well as, you know, whoever Colin comes back against, it's going to be safe, isn't it? So, mm. or, or it's got to be a safe fight. I mean, if he's if he's going to come back and try to kind of get back in the world title mix, then he's got to be targeting some of the one within the 15. And I'm thinking, who about the South African guy got iced off that Rakimov, you know, is it Zinga Fuzella? Fuzella, yeah. And again, potentially a safe, safe-ish opponent. You know, he's ranked in the top 15 with IBF. Colin's in the top 10. So, you know, I might get him back in the mix. I, did, I do notice the uh, number two ranking is, is vacant, so there could be an eliminator kind of, you know, there to be kind of contested if you've got the right money or the right connections, if you've got the right bidding possibly with the IBF, who knows. Um, but yeah, but to be fair, mate, I think um, we said after he's, uh, after the last fight, to be fair, after how it ended, and that, I think it's... Uh, Time to call it a day, in my opinion at least. You know, I'm not here to tell him because he's got to put food in the kid's mouth, sort of type of thing. I don't live in his pocket at the end of the day, so I don't know what your circumstances are, but you've got to be real realistic as well. And after what after what we've seen and what we have seen over the years and that, you know, it's been a long career. I think you should call it quits. But again, it's his it's his career at the same time. So all the best to him. Uh, as I say, is, uh, hopefully it's the right fight, the right confidence builder if he's going to come back. But um, Again, just pulled up his rankings here. Just pulling up, you know, talk about safe names, mate, or you know, a safe-ish fight. You've got Selma Moreno there, completely washed, can he punch? You know, so I think they'll believe there's one more going in. There's still currency in that name. I think obviously a percentage of people of fans will drop off the fact that he lost in the world title fight because that was the culmination of the three fights after Wood, and we all saw the Wood fight and. Everyone believed he could do it. So there's going to be a drop off, you know, 10%, 15% or whatever. That still leaves six or 7,000 people in the Odyssey. I think they'll do what they did last time. They had three fights in between the loss to Wood. Uh, who was it? He fought Mariaga. I was at that one. Then he fought Guerfi and iced him. He might have had a third one. I can't remember if he did or not, to be honest. And then they built him back up for the Lopez fight. I think they'll I think they'll do something like that with him in between. Des says Conlon is a strange one. He fights like a puncher. I also think he's fragile. Years in the amateur, sleeping in plastic suits, making weight over several days. Can do that to your body. Another thing Des said there as well, Conlon and Booth have definitely split. Yes, they have. I believe he's going to America. See, a lot of people were saying that, Des. Whenever we were at the Falls Park, the word was he was going to America and he was testing out different trainers and he was talking about going to Buddy McGirt. I'm not sure how that will work, though, to be honest, Andy, because Buddy McGirt's based in Florida. And do you remember when Conlon turned pro? He was based on the West Coast with Manny Robles. And Robles now stylistically didn't suit him. Robles had him fighting come forward kind of style. Booth pulled him on the back foot a bit more, apart from when he fought Lopez, strangely enough, and he and he went straight at the puncher. But the point being, he came back home again and he wanted to base himself in England because it was closer to Ireland because he's got a wife and a young family and he was homesick, etc. So why would anything change now? I'd be surprised if he went back to America again, to those long camps, those homesick camps, and especially now he's sort of in his third run towards world titles. The move to America, it's not out of the realms of possibility, but I, I'd be surprised if he went back there again. I'm trying to remember who, who's Buddy McGirt, the, the trainer is some British fighter again. Is it? Oh, um, it's, young, it's a prospect, isn't it? Is it? 
not Pacheco. It's not Whitaker, no. No, Whitaker's Sugar Hill, isn't he? That's it. Who's. Tell us in the chat. I can't remember. Uh, I've seen... can't, can't mind. Is it Aziz yeah. or no? Not Aziz. The other. Yeah. Is it Dan Aziz? Aziz. Yeah, Dan it Aziz. is. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Aziz. Aye. So I, I don't know what Dan Aziz is doing. Is he here there? So maybe that might be uh, you know some sort of kind of familiar face at least not. But yeah, you're right, mate. I mean, I, I can't mind. Did he not come back to uh, back from America because his wife was pregnant at the time? Possibly. I mean, the kids are older now and that as well. So yeah, couple of I kids exactly. I mean, I also don't know what age the kids are. I'm obviously probably school, school age. They're, young, point, they're right? youngsters. Yeah, they're youngsters, like. Aye, so maybe, maybe the eight, 12 week camp isn't, isn't, isn't going to be too bad then because the kids are settled, you know, they're into their own routine of things now, you know, they'll have their, they'll have their social connections and that as well. So maybe it will be easier this time to go away rather than having the, you know, the wife, you know, got the two kids and one's, one's a, a young infant, that type of thing and that. Just don't know. But who, who else... In the UK, theoretically, would would Conley end up going me outside the you know booth, the Dark Lord or the Dark Fraud, as you call him? You know, someone, someone said Shane McGuigan, but there's no chance he's going to be the Shane McGuigan. I just literally ready to say it, Shane McGuigan <laughs> there, but that would not happen. Um, oh, they said he was going to stay with the fellow in the gym, but I don't know. That's a bit weird, isn't it? It's like staying. It's like staying in the same house as the ex-wife, isn't it? That. So. <laughs> <laughs> He got me chaff at the door, mate. <laughs> so I don't know, to be honest with you. Take aim, says there, by the way, Aziz Smith, Ziad Al Mayouf. That those are the fighters that uh, Buddy McGirt's training at the moment. Uh, Chris Butler says Conlon reminds me of Khan a bit, looks really good, then gets knocked out spectacularly. Uh, MB says I think Conlon versus Dogbay would be a good fight. Dogbay brings a lot of pressure, man. He can crack too. Um, that'd be a tough fight. Baluta gave that washed these days as well, though. Dogbay, you know. I don't know. He, he had a decent fight with Joet Gonzalez. Didn't he beat Gonzalez? Joet Gonzalez. And then Joet got the fight on Saturday night. Um, try to remember. Give me a second here. I've got Dogby's. Um, uh, so he, he got beat off Ramirez. That's what it was for the vacant uh, when he, he, he beat Joet on a, on a split. You know, it was one of the 96-94s across the board, but, you know, two the other way. Um. Yeah, that was an eliminator for WBC, and they ended up fighting for the the vacant WBO. So does it really make us? It makes sense, really. Des there, Andy saying, could a conversation or ultimatum have been given by Top Rank? We'll back you, but you need to get back out here with an American trainer in an American gym. Mick, don't hold all the cards now. Possibly. Mm, why? Why would Why would Bob want to call him out to America, though, mate? I mean, he's he's obviously he's, he's got the draw power, as you say, mate, and in, in, in Ireland. I mean. Okay, it's maybe September now, but you see, you've always got that, you know, the Falls Park shows that they could, they could, you know, you probably fill it in, you know, in the summertime, so to speak, or like in autumn time. Um, you mentioned the kind of figures, you know, what you kind of expect them roughly to kind of do if you did it at the Odyssey. I mean, I forget. Is there any other arenas that you've got in that neck of the woods that's kind of like four or 5,000? Mm, no. no, no, once you're getting up to that, type of numbers you're going in the odyssey yeah right. i mean they used to put people they used to have the titanic as a as a as a venue not just the frampton one they had like a sort of titanic exhibition center thing that the mtk used to go to but back then the scene was more buzzing you know you would have had the likes of paddy barnes and those guys on the way up even yeah, Stephen ward and, and people we're like talking that. about this weren't we just before the start of showing that i mean you know it's like you don't see the same faces anymore speaking about the sport or you know, conversing about it, that type of thing. 
Mm-hmm. You're like, well, it's because we've, we've not only got like the, as I mentioned, we had Ricky Burns up here fighting probably every every four six months. You had you had Frampton and you had Paddy Barnes as you mentioned. And you had like the other Irish guys come up behind there. You had obviously had you know loads of guys were following Hay for example for the heavyweight fights. Um, you know, big stars at that point, mate. You know, and big fights and it kind of got everybody together chatting about it, talking about it, travelling to it. Well, no, really, can I got that anymore? Have we? We're not really, you know, we're mentioning Fury, for example. It would have been great if one of those Fury Wilder fights had happened in the UK, because that would have got everybody buzzing, especially like maybe either the second or the third fight, especially how good after, you know, what had happened off off the first fight. Um, what else? You know, you know, what I'm saying big events, you know, meaningful fights, you know, no like AG against like say, you know, Jermaine Franklin, for example, mate. You know, what I'm saying no that kind of like some massive events that Eddie likes to talk about. Um, it just that buzz, he's just not going in the UK, and you know, just now and that we've not got a fighter in Scotland to get behind just now. There's such, you know, kind of like you know, to create the big events. That you, you guys are kind of similar the same here, there, you are. Mm. Yeah, there's there's no buzz. Much like the chat tonight, in fact, only the two thousand seven hundred fifty six in the chat. They're enjoying themselves. They will give them a shout out uh, shortly for episode five forty. Before we do that, Dominic Henry has jumped on valiantly. We threw the stream out. And he has responded. We're talking a bit of Conlon there, actually. We sort of segued off, Dominic, into the Conlon-Lopez talk. You were there in the arena that night when Mick got iced. What was Joet Gonzalez able to do last night to last the 12 rounds and push it so close that Mark Krieg on ESPN thought he'd won the fight that Mick wasn't able to do back in May? I was just I was just finished watching the fight about 20 minutes ago, actually. And I actually watched the, the interviews Um you know, in the ring after the fight, Kriegel interviewing uh, Gonzalez. And, you know, Gonzalez was like, really, he was all saying, oh, I'm really disappointed with my performance. And Kriegel was like, well, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm watching, but I thought you almost, I thought you almost kind of won that fight. But um, I thought, I thought watching it as game as Gonzalez was, and he was very game, um, I, I, I thought... Uh, I thought 116, 112, even 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 117, 111, I, I wouldn't have complained about. In fact, it reminded me of what um a, a sort of fight a few months ago, the uh, the Valdez uh not even a few months ago, the Valdez um Navarrete fight. And I and I remember a lot of people at the time were sort of giving off about how wide the cards were not. And when I watched the fight, I sort of actually agreed with what Andy said uh, the night after that fight on the pod that actually the cards um you know weren't weren't that egregious and and i, I agreed with that and i thought the same with this fight last night on in terms of what your actual question you know what was i was just thinking about this actually when i was watching the fight there the, over the last hour or so i was just thinking you know uh it sort of brought into stark relief just the sort of difference in toughness i mean that guy joette gonzalez he probably doesn't have the uh you know the the a lot of the natural maybe gifts that McConnell has, but um, you know, as soon as as soon as um Lopez l- landed with any regularity against Mick, you know the 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 writing we were there like the writing was on the wall. As soon as as soon as he was really landing with any purchase, you know it was just a matter of time. Whereas last night, even though I thought he was winning the fight, um, uh, and I didn't I didn't think it was it was a particularly uh close fight last night um 
uh, you know, you could see that you know the guy was that guy was holding the shots, you know, way better than than Mick was able to. So it just sort of shows you the yeah. What really threw into Starkley for me it was just that, that toughness, that sort of toughness at that world title level. And you know, I sort of said before different places and, and the fact that I don't think Mick should carry on. And what we was actually talking about there just before I came on about Mick going over to America, you know, like because I actually wanted to ask you about that myself because he, I saw there was reports here that he was going out uh, about a month ago. There was reports that he was just about to fly out to America to trial out with different trainers. I assume yeah. he's doing that at the minute. Well, that's what we were talking about. The last I heard was he was going out to sort of train with Buddy McGirt amongst other people. And then we didn't know whether he was going to stay with Booth's gym, whether he was going to carry on, what weight it was going to be, how much sort of purchase there's left in his career and whether the move to America was a good idea considering he tried it before and it didn't come off. Des suggested in the chat that maybe Top Rank has uh, thrown an ultimatum his way. We don't know if that's if the case well, or not. Well, sure, he split with Top Rank. Officially? Yeah. That, that, that was, you see, that's why, you know what, in terms of now, now even if he hadn't split with Top Rank, uh, on term in terms of the actual substance of Des's suggestion that could Top Rank have put him an ultimatum, I don't see that. I, I can't see that being um, um, likely because you know the likes of Taylor trains with uh, over here in, in the UK. I, I don't think Top Rank are that sort of. Um, I don't think they're that type of 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 outfit where the would you know if there's if there's management involved you know they're not really it doesn't strike me as being you know the top rank way the way they do things i don't think they're that intrusive in terms of fighters preparations but um i i, I there was the, the local newspaper here steve you know the, the listeners probably never heard of the irish news and they carry a box and supplement every tuesday you know the fellow you know andy waters would compile it um yeah and you know about a month ago, there was basically there was a report that said that uh, Mick had split with Top Rank. He, not just that he had split with Top Rank, but he had split with Booth as well. Now there was he did sort of he did sort of qualify the thing about Booth by saying he was still leaving the door open to the possibility, which I find quite bizarre that he would still train in Booth's gym just with one of Booth's you know assistants. And I mm-hmm. thought that was you know that suggest. Now he he said he was leaving that on the table, and I that struck me as completely bizarre. You know, like. You know, you've split with Booth, but you're going to be training with like. That's what we know, were saying. It's like living with the ex-wife, isn't it? Ah, it's it's like uh, it's it's a sort of bizarre sort of um, situation. But um, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, like in, in the immediate aftermath of the Lopez fight, he was adamant. In the the first interviews he gave, like a week or so after, he was saying, "No, people are jumping on Adam Booth, and they're out of order." He was sort of very defensive about Booth. Um, now, whether he genuinely believed that or whether he was just saying that. You know, not to come across you. Some fighters know that you know they're very. Some fighters know that they're they're very alert to this criticism that a lot of fighters make excuses that they jump the trader under the bus as soon as they experience a few defeats. And he may have wanted to sort of put people off the scent about that. Um, but you know, I, uh, you know, I, I was actually surprised. You know. My thought was when I was reading the reports about him going over to the States, I was still very skeptical about him actually whether he would get into the States, you know, because he's he's obviously got the links with the, you know, he's one of the fighters I would say that's been most closely aligned or and and sort of and 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 our and boxing fans is and our sort of 
um, idea of MT, M, fighters that are linked with MTK, him and Sonny Edwards would be the sort of fighters that are most closely, you know, they've had a reputation for being vocal in their defence of the whole MTK thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Matthews springs to mind as well. Yeah, there's a few of them. And so I, I thought then, in that context, I, I was sort of thinking, uh, you know, will he, will he actually even get into the States? Now, I, I assume he has got in, but... Um, you know, the, 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 he's gonna. I think he's gonna stay at, at featherweight. That's the talk I heard that the Scots then he talk of going up to one thirty. But um, I, I I don't. I find it. I find it hard to see how he's gonna. He's gonna have. I don't think anyone's gonna give him a shot. Um, you know who who's gonna give him a really shot? You know they're talking now about unification between. One possibility is this. You know if they're last night. Uh, Bernardo Lopez was saying to Kregel that um, you know he wanted the unification with the uh, Rabizi Ramirez, and you can see, like, say, for example, if, if Ramirez won that, I'm not saying he would win it, but if he did win it, he, I would say he'd probably be a slight favourite. If he won that, you could sort of see Mick uh, uh, getting a chance at uh, at Rabizi, you know, as a sort of a, re- a reprise of their amateur rivalry. Um, you know, not that I don't know. I don't know if they fought that regular as amateurs, but um, you know, they were obviously rivals. There was, there was, they were lined up to fight each other before Mick uh, got got robbed um, at, at Rio. But um, so there's that possibility. If this unification between Ramirez and and Bernardo Lopez happens, that Mick could somehow, you know, if if say Ramirez won. Because Mick's already lost to Lopez, if Ramirez won that unification, he could be lined up for a shot at that. But uh, who would you fancy, I, Lopez Ramirez? Because we were talking about that earlier. I would probably favour Lopez. Yeah, I haven't. The thing is, uh, Steve, I, I haven't seen. Um, I like to be as honest as I can and say I haven't seen enough of Ramirez and the pros to to make a, a a definitive call. But like, I, I would say. With that caveat laid out on the line, I would say I would like you. I would favour Lopez. Um, I've been very impressed with him, principally because well, a lot of big punchers, as soon as they're pushed, if you get a big punchers, you often find that as soon as they're pushed back and forced to fight on the back foot, they can't do it. But this guy, I think he he's a bit more to him. Like he in the Whiting fight for large spells of the Whiting fight, he was fighting sort of. You know, not coming forward, but sort of having to step back from centre ring quite a lot and rolling and spinning, and he's very comfortable up close. Um, and it's the power. Like I, I think you know, I, I wouldn't last night wouldn't to me wouldn't make me believe the fact just that he went twelve rounds that doesn't uh, make me doubt his power. Um, I still think. I mean, you could hear those shots landing last night. It's just that that guy Gonzalez, as I said, he's very, very game probably. To game for his own good, really, and uh, I would sort of tentatively say that 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 Lopez, I would sort of maybe tentatively back him to get a a stoppage there. But as I say, you know, with a caveat, I haven't seen much of of Ramirez. I think he has settled down Ramirez since that early setback he had, but um, he is very tricky the way he throw. You know, those uppercuts that he leaps in with, you know, textbook boxing would say. You know that is just a no-no to jump in with the uppercut from that far out. Um, gets away he, with it, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He gets away with it, and and it's especially he does throw some uppercuts. He does throw some uppercuts where he's in what you would say is more conventional proper position, whereas he's got his feet right underneath him and he's sort of right on the chest and he's 
the uppercut comes right up vertical, like there's no chance of seeing it. So he does throw some some of them right some of the time, but most of them it's that leaping thing he throws up. And but it, there is more to him. Like he throws nice counter left hooks. Um, you know, just going back, lead counter left hooks. Nice sweet, you know, he's he's not just he he he's not I wouldn't I wouldn't describe him as crude, definitely not. And he, he does hold he I think he's right, he's a tough kid as well. Like he is he holds a good 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 shot and uh but on Mick I I I, I you know I'm always very like 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 the issue of calling a fighter a quitter, I'm always very reluctant to say that a fighter should quit the sport, you know, like shouldn't be fighting the pros, but I, I don't think like um I, I can't see him if 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 he asks me, I can't really see him doing anything significant now. Um but that's just that's just my opinion. It's a good opinion, Dominic. Feel free to stick around with us as long as you want. Please God stick around with us. Andy's back, thank for thank the Lord for Andy's return, just in time for the top rank undercard before we move on from this ESPN extravaganza. What did I see? What did I see indeed? We mentioned Ruben Villa earlier. I saw that one against Brandon Valdez. Uh, Delante Tiger Johnson was in action, much more control, jabbing, hunting the body, finally shedding the skin of his army today. He's still a little bit hittable at times, but he can definitely mature out of that. He had a good opponent in this guy, Ricardo Quiroz. A decent prospect. I'm all in on Abdullah Mason, though. When it comes to that little uh, top rank cadre, Mason wasn't on this particular card. John Rincon was. wasn't too impressed uh, with him. Emiliano Vargas mentioned him earlier. The mm. son of one of my favourite fighters, Fernando Vargas, who sold out this very arena some 20-odd years ago. They said against Raymond Javal. He beat a Spaniard. Uh, did, did Emiliano Vargas Alejandro Guardado. Last night, we had a big uh, all-Mexican war between Julio Luna, who got the win over Omar Aguilar, and Jermaine Ortiz got cut and went in uh, pretty heavy against Antonio Moran, who Devin Haney had knocked out about five, six years ago. And Xander Zayas, who's been uh, really, he's been touted as a decent prospect for top rank, turned pro very young with them, went in against Roberto Valenzuela Jr. And uh, I don't know if you saw this one or not, but Valenzuela ended up with quite the injury. Yeah. The, the doctor uh, was, I tell you what, he's a blood, the Steve Smoger of doctoring. He kept on pushing him back out again. The referee was desperate, trying to nudge him to stop the fight. Valenzuela was game as hell. He could punch, but look at the picture on the screen there, man. He was getting the shit beaten out of him from a blood perspective, anyway. Yeah, I mean, Zias, as you say, I mean, he's been highly touted, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was phenomenal. To be fair, you know, that that jab which caused that state of that nose, that that is horrendous. But that's what caused it. That jab was just pissed, you know, brilliant. You know, well, he got, job, wasn't it? Yeah, he got dropped on the left hook as well, I think, and then he got dropped again late in the first round by a right hand. So, yeah, I, th- I thought, what is Zihas? But 20, I think, 21. Still hasn't really fully, you know, well, you, you, can, you can see it just now that he's, he's developing, you know, his man strength as such now, but he's going to be frightening to see where he's going to end up in terms of weight. And the same goes for Vargas and that as well, you know, the 19 year old kid and that. He's at 135 just now, Vargas, right? And you, you can just tell by looking at him, he's going to be a middleweight by mm. 23, 24, without doubt, man. You know, he's got, you know, one thing I really liked about Zias and Vargas actually was, was, was the patience that they showed both of them, you know, quick moves, that type of thing, left hooks to the body. Zias as well, you know, physically you, you can see him developing in the man, as, as I mentioned, and obviously the, the state of that cup was just, it was just, it was just on another level, but to be fair, mate, it was absolutely brutal. Uh, you mentioned the ref, you know, he's bringing it in a few times. You just see by that point, though, he's, he's getting desperate for the fight, you know, desperate towards a, you know, trying to kind of scrap it out a wee bit. But as I say, you know, Zia's jab, you know, 
great again, opened up the cut and the ref just kind of like had enough to stop the fight. So not much else you can say about it. The, the guy was game enough, mate, but I'm I'm not too sure if, again, I'm not want to say, he was losing a lot of blood, obviously, in that, so I don't know what, you know, what, what the risk is to me there, but in terms of, you know, the cut, where the blood's coming from at the wing, it's no impairing his vision as such, you know what I'm saying? I know obviously the the cut can get it can get worse, you know, it could, it could split his nose open, that type of thing. But um, I just think maybe it, it could have been on a wee bit in that as well. And you can see the the, the fight was wanting to go, like, you know, he was wanting to let it go on as well, you know. But again, I just think it's obviously just because of the amount of blood he was losing at the time. I mean, he came out after he was at the what round was that again? Was it the fifth? Fifth, yeah. And then. As soon as that first jab landed, mate, the, you know, the blood's pissed out it straight away. You know, I think so. that was the problem, Andy, wasn't it? Well, like Just you said, he wasn't, impaired, you know, he wasn't impairing his vision, but the, the doctor was like pushing it together to wipe it. And as soon as he took his hands away, like a flap opened and the blood yep. was just piss, running out like a tap. And I'm thinking, in that case, what's the point? I mean, I know he's game, but he's clearly not going to win this fight. It's, yeah. always, it's always what's on the line as well with these sort of fights. You know, he's in against the touted prospect, but... To me, you know, whenever it's not a world title on the line or a significant title, then I'm more okay with the fight being stopped. It's it's interesting sometimes to compare it. You know, we all remember the Peterbiev fight against Marcus Brown, and that was a yeah. horrific cut. And that was actually that was actually, and because it was in the middle of his forehead, it, it was probably impairing his vision during the rounds because it was sort of curdling into the eyes. You know, coming down the nose and streaming in. But the um, Jack one right in the right in the, right in the middle of his forehead. Remember. That was Marcus Brown too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. he was the headbutt on him. And look at remember, remember Edwin uh, Edwin Valerio. Yeah, in his last fight, uh, Steve in his last fight against the Marco, he's got big yeah, elbow. That's right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because that that was Texas last night. And you usually think with Texas, you know, you know they they're, they're a bit more, you know, uh, they're they're not as and, and you know the Baterbia fight was in Canada. Um, so it's in, it's interesting just but again the Baterbia fight, you know, it's it's the titles are on the line. Whereas this last night, these it's, it's, it's a it's a touted prospect, um. So you know, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm, it's not something that I would get too, get too pepped up about because it's not much on the line. But, but I mean, on on Zayas, I mean, I know Marty's been very high on him. Anytime Marty speaks about him, um, Marty's very, very uh, complimentary about him. And uh, was it wasn't this a, is this a lightweight Steve that that fight? The Zayas against yeah. um. No, I think they're way up at. Um, hang on, let me check. I think they're like welterweight, super, uh, super I, welterweight. I, I thought. I thought he was for some reason. I thought he was. I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm getting them mixed up with that other. I'm getting them mixed up with flipping Felix Verdejo, flipping you know, oh, the boy, the, the kid that's waiting settings. I that's uh, you know he he was, he was like that, but I uh, so he's something like light light middle. You think? Yeah, he's light middle. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the job was, you know, the, the first thing I noticed, I, I watched, that was the only other fight I saw on the card. The job was, was that's the first thing I saw, the job was, and he didn't get flustered. The guy was taking big cuts at him. He, um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't panicking at all. So, um, yeah, he's one to, one to watch out for. The other wee bits and pieces, just to tidy up on that card, Steve, uh, the first thing I noticed on the main event was, uh, Flipping the uh, Lawrence Cole uh, again, referee, and uh, you know, just when you think you know the, just when you think you know, you seen the last somewhere, but you know these states that just roll this guy out. Do you think he's getting I, too fat to referee? 
it's, it's, you know what? It's not even that, but it was just a few. Even there was a few times he, he sort of interrupted the action, and even Poncher and Jamel Herring were sort of saying, "What was that for?" Just these inexplicable interruptions, and you're just like, you know, what, what, what the hell are you playing at? You know, it's just, I, I, I don't know. But um, and the other thing on the other thing on on Poncher, uh, just the thing that annoyed me. There, there's sometimes you know, Venado Lopez, he, he sort of raids a lot of the punches. He rides him very well. You know, he, he takes maybe about a third of the impact of the shots. So it's a mm. scoop. But, you know, the way she describes it, it's like, oh, he's shipped a big, he's been clocked by a big heavy right hand. And it's just, you can see watching the fight, you know, you know, on the, on the screen that it's not, it's, it's not a, you know, it's not as dramatic. It's not as, as, as heavy a shot that she's making it out to be. Um, But that, that's just, that's puncher. But, Yes, Andy was saying there about that that the the Sky Nicholson's opponent's trainer then and that the the zone card. Yeah, what did you say? Did you did you were you watching it live or did, uh, did no? You I, I, I I haven't seen it. The only thing I only thing I've heard. One on the. No, well, obviously the clip that I seen it was just obviously it was like a thirty second clip, and that it's enough for me to see actually. A reminder of. Slender cord of life here, but uh, yeah. the guy's basically drops off the stool, side. doesn't he? Yeah, he's sitting in the ringside and he's basically seeing him raise his right hand, calling the wife, you know, basically saying, like, you know, come forward in the, in the, the action, basically. <clears throat> and then, literally, like five, ten seconds later, the kind of camera kind of pat it's, it kind of, it's, it's following the boxers, really, and it kind of like catches him in the corner, literally just toppling off the stool. And obviously, there's a really slight delay. I think maybe the guys have slipped off the stool because it's all happened to us, you know, we've all fell mm. off a stool or off a chair and that, but then. He then they got up and then the body started kind of rising at ringside, finding out what's going on. I mean, massive heart attack. What? Fucking. You never know how you're going to go, I suppose, but fucking Jesus Christ, man, what a way to go. And Especially the poor fighter as well, Dominic. Ah, it's her husband, too. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it said, the, the one thing I did pick up on, it said his age, he was in his early 50s, the guy. 58, um, he was. Aye, and, and uh, so, so it's like. You know, it's um on the can was it, it actually happened, was it in the last round, in the tenth round? Yeah, it was about twenty, thirty seconds to go, something like that. I I, I was just thinking there, has it, has anything similar uh, can any can either of you remember anything anything similar like happening? I, I can't myself. Remember, remember uh, when he come having a heart attack at ringside and having to get carried out the ring because of the the cat they pushed him, Lou Dover. It's the closest oh. one I can remember. Yeah, oh, I remember yes. he had a heart attack at ringside. Was it the chaos, the glot of both? Yeah, possibly? it was. Yeah. Well, he had, he did get iced as well, didn't he? So <laughs> yeah, kind of brings these things on. But like you said about this fella, you know, the shocking thing was like he's one minute he's there calling her in, the next minute he's gone. Literally, just you know, he's on the ground and dead, man. Like you said, just how quick these things happen Fuck just makes it, you right. wonder. Well, it makes you wonder for a few days, and then we all go back to living the way we always live. But I complain in the mean? morning and <laughs> fucking this and fucking that. And Jesus Christ, man, I think about her this morning, man. Well, literally, I think about her at that moment. I mean, it's just again, this is the wrong thing to say, but this is well, it probably happened in the last round. I mean, can you imagine that happening like maybe like you know, halfway through the fight and she goes to the corner and the old man's there getting CPR? Uh, exactly. He's just got a decision to make, man. You could pull out the fight, possibly. You know, it takes I some... think if it was earlier and 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 it was like they were conscious of the fact it was going on, they would have had to make a decision and stop things, wouldn't they? I think the fact it happened when it did, and there was that initial shock, carried it through the thirty seconds for the fight to come to its conclusion. Had it yeah. happened earlier in the fight, it definitely 
Well, I mean, the fight couldn't have gone on. There's no way oh, without, I mean, she would have been able to have fought. It would have had to have been stopped. I mean, she wouldn't. She, I, I don't think she would have been aware until until the round ended. No, there. she wasn't. That's what I mean. The fact the it ref, happened so late. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the ref would physically need to have stopped that fight, and then because obviously, I mean, it's outside the ring. Any, I mean, that could be any stance. You know, again, we're on the corner, but you know, how many times have you? Well, how how many times have we heard about an incident? At an event, someone's collapsed, had a heart attack, in the medical emergency, that type of thing, and that it happens. But just I've never seen it happen like that. That's uh, that do, do you know what you see a, a lot of the time? You know, one thing I am used to seeing. If you watch, if you ever watch in the tennis, um, and it's like in these very humid venues, like sometime in in Paris or in 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 the US and New York, you know, with it's very humid, hot conditions, and sometimes a spectator up in the crowd will just pass out. Uh-huh. And you have so I've seen like that happen in the spectator before, and then everything stops until the the sort until the the uh, you know sort the spec the person out get them treated. But um, happened to the football as well a few times, hasn't it? Wasn't it Newcastle? I remember last season or something. Again yeah. in the crowd, like you said, it wasn't the participant. I'd, well, apart do. from your man Ericsson, of course. I that's I that was that was that's a good that's a, 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 a probably a closest sort of approxim, approximation, but. To, to get an actual participant, you know, happening like I haven't seen. I don't, I don't think actually I'll, I'll. I think I'll actually, you know, I don't think I'll. I'll try to watch it because uh, no. it's not. It's not something you want to, to see. But um, it's like we're rewatching like Billy Collins, Luis Resto, especially when you know what's yeah, you what you're, like wait, you're, you're like waiting for something. It's like almost macabre, isn't it? Like yeah, you feel you're intruding on on something. You feel like it's like almost voyeuristic, oh. but. Moamba yeah. as well, take Ames mentioned, absolutely. I forgot about that. I, 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 I tell you, the worst one I seen that was Matt, Matt Vivian Foy, right? Remember him yeah. from Man City? Yeah. And I can, I'll never forget him getting stretched off that pitch, right? His lifeless body, his, his arms are hanging over the side, and his face, you know, his head's tilted, literally, like, on, on, the, on the stretcher, literally looking toward the camera. And you could just, you know, it was, it was just, oh, it was just the worst thing you, I'd seen at that point, mate. I did want to get carried off the pitch on live television. His fucking face tilted, lads, basically lifeless, just with the camera zoomed right in on him. It was one of the worst things you'd see. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, that was on the undercard of Angel Fierro. Um, I can't remember. It was a, some scrap, actually, the main event, but it's been removed from Boxwreck the entire card, so I think we'll maybe just move on from that one. Uh, on to zone the following evening. Uh, Williams a Pader, Andy. I'm assuming you uh, tuned in for this one against Mercito. Gesta, if you don't have good powers, a payda is going to be an absolute nightmare to deal with. Much has been made of his output, the amount of shots that he's throwing, three, 400 shots. I was checking the back for spots. One of our <laughs> listeners as well was on to me as well. And, and between us, we were sort of laughing this morning. And isn't it sad that that's the first thing you do, checking for the spots, seeing if he's Varda enrolled. And Gesta, decent boxer, showed lots of toughness. It was only, it was a beatdown, really. It was just his balls that kept him in it. Yeah, I guess that's how his day, mate. I mean, he must be mid thirties now, and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's not what he was. To be fair, let's let's be honest. He's got the heart. He's he's got decent skills and that. And there was a time I remember when the, he was getting touted for big things because obviously he's Filipino. He had Manny Pacquiao blazing through the scene at that point and that as well. But it really lacked. He's really lacking power because if you look at his record, mate, he went for like one. He went for like flyweight to like. Super feather or lightweight in the space of space of three or four years for his pro career starting, so it hasn't really kind of got like the KO wins and that. You know, it hasn't really kind of got over the line in in, in the big fights. As you say, mate, he got beat down. You know, a lot of kind of like wasted punches by Zepeda. I thought in that six that six rounds before the the you know, the fights got stopped. 
Um, obviously, there was nothing coming back from Gesta, so I could see why Jack Reese stepped in. But as you say, mate, that was a complete beatdown. He just hassled them all over the ring, chased them all over the ring, left hooks, uppercuts, all types of shots from all types of angles. Gesta took as much as what he could be, but he had nothing in terms of really backing him up. As you say, it's going to take somebody with who's got very, very, you know, very, very cute on the uh, the box and IQ side. He was a one thirty five. Maybe like a Shakua, someone like that is going to move yeah. around him, or someone Andy maybe who can make him think coming in, like a Ryan Garcia or a Tank Davis or something, which mm-hmm. makes it even more interesting. The fact he called out Devin Haney, who, despite his jab and his ability, well, I suppose that's his tool for stopping you from coming in. He grabs hold of you like an octopus. But if you can start, if you can move about him, technical elite mover, I think you give him trouble. If you can hit him hard and often when he comes in, make him think, you'll give him trouble. But if you haven't got the power to keep him off him with yeah, this thing. level, you're going to struggle. He's he's got the engine, mate. And that's the thing, and you know we've, we've still got to see that chin being checked. To be fair, well, yeah. I've still got to see it being. I don't know if he's been checked earlier in his career that I've not seen too he much. Thought of that Roger Gutierrez, didn't he? And we know that he can definitely bang for yeah, his yeah. limitations. Yep, definitely. So again, it's just obviously kind of getting the right fights at this point, mate. I mean, he's he's knocking on the door. Clearly, he's a danger. Clearly, he needs to be a man. He needs to be respected. He's going to give a hard night's work for anybody. A, a guy like Isaac Cruz, but. Not so much a dream fight, but it would it would be it would be a good trade fight for the fans. Um, maybe Berenchik, possibly another possible opponent. Keyshawn Davis is probably nowhere near him at this point in that as well. Um, maybe the Russian Abdulayev, possibly, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, he's shown a wee bit of decent form in the last few there. And obviously, if Maxi Hughes doesn't get his chance against Cambosis in a rematch, it's maybe a fair point. An opportunity as, as such as well to get himself back into the back yeah. ranks. I was going to suggest that actually. I know Cambosos is. I think he signed with top rank, but assuming we don't know if we'll talk about it in a minute. Haney Pro Gray. I don't know whether he's moving up or not. But if he drops the belts, we presume that he's going to Zapeda lobby. Maybe lobby to fight Cambosos for the vacant IBF, something like that. Stevenson's number one in the WBO, and then after him we've got Cruz, Lomachenko. So Haney might drop the WBO. Stevenson also is... So Haney's dropped the WBC officially, hasn't he? Now, Stevenson was supposed to fight Frank Martin. That was the whole fuss. He's now fighting Edwin De Los Santos on November the 16th. So it's looking more than likely that Haney's going to disappear off and drop the belts. And then, like you said, Zapata's got to be in line to pick up one of these vacant shots, Andy. Surely he's, he's done his apprenticeship now. Yeah, I think it'll probably be the BA or the BC, I think, mate, to be fair, but... Probably all roads will need to lead through the Showtime market, which will be Frank Martin and Isaac Cruz, possibly. Uh, I don't know, in terms of business, nah, I mean, we hate to talk about it, but it's probably going to be an issue. And then you could end up maybe seeing Sapeda getting put down a different route. I mean, who is, is, is it Golden Boy? Is Oscar is, 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 is Sapeda's promoter? Yeah, eh? Golden Boy, yeah. I mean, you kind of hope he's not going to get Mungia vibes off him. To be fair, you know, he can, you know, he's going to be left to kind of feast on the, you know, the kind of sea level fighters or something. It doesn't really kind of get into the biggest fights. And then if the time time does come, you know, he's been he's been he's been kind of like washed out as such. He's been kind of, you know, what I'm saying about like Zapeda, yeah, he's kind of like nonsense fights. You know, nothing really of value. But again. Stevenson top I, I, again. I don't know, mate. I mean, I, I like to look at that 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 Floyd Schofield banky Showtime, isn't he? No, he's um he's the zone as well, isn't he? Floyd he Schofield. Yeah, I think he's one of Eddie's or, or is he? Be- oh, no, right. I think he's he's Oscar, isn't he? Is he Oscar? Oscar's, right? Yeah, okay. I think he's one of Oscar's fighter. 
That'll be an interesting one then as well. And obviously you got Reese Mould there in the top 15 and that as well. But yeah, I think he, you're right, he said he's a pressure, but he must have like... That's almost that's 29 fights he's had. Now, 28 uh, he's about 30-odd fights, yeah. Yep. Um, again, you just want to see if, he, if he's got that same that same energy against against the top guys, but the belts look like you're going to get fragmented very soon, so there's going to be like a cherry-pick fest, I would imagine. Lomachenko's going to be floating about there. I think he will be fancying a wee dib at a couple of title fights, so... Um, I think, Andy, it just occurred to me when you said that, I think Zapayda is going to be one of those guys who's going to fight with the exact same work rate, energy, power, non-stop while he's undefeated. And then it's, I'm not I'm not saying he'll be cracked, but as soon as somebody beats him and everybody else sees how to do that, then he'll become a lot easier to manage and easier to deal with. And while he's got that confidence, he strikes me as a guy of the unbeaten fighter. Mm. He'll just walk through walls until somebody beats him eventually, I think. Interesting one. It's interesting. You just don't know if the confidence you say, maybe just purely on 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 confidence as such. But it's just the work rate, mate, as well. And the, you know, he does put his combinations together pretty well on that as well. He has a handful. He's a dangerous man, as you say. If he, if you haven't got this, uh, the skills, the IQ, the defensive capabilities to handle him, and certainly, I mean, you know yourself now. We've done a bit of sparring. Those guys are the worst types to guys to fucking fight unless you know how to handle them because of. Solid straight. I mean, he's massive for the weight. I, I was having a look, quick look at his box. Right? Allegedly, he's five foot nine, at one thirty-five, mm. mate. He's, he's fucking solid for the weight. If you look at him as well, massive for the weight. So look, look, the look weight at the is... size of his back. I'm I'm just watching highlights yeah. of it here, and uh, I'm just watching like eight minute highlight packet. But yeah, the size of his back, he's uh, he's he's huge for that for for lightweight. That's what MB saying. He's a big lightweight. Is he going to make one thirty-five for much longer? I don't know, Dominic. Um... We mentioned a few of the comings and goings there. Shakur Stevenson, De La Santos. I don't hate that fight on November 16th. Would have rather seen Frank Martin, but as a substitution fight, that's okay. And then Zapata called out Haney, but we think, well, he's he's dropping the belts left, right and centre, so he's going to move up, isn't he? Supposedly, December the 9th to fight Regis Progray. That hasn't been officially signed by Haney's side of the team yet. So Just what's going on sort of like with this 135 picture? WBC have made them champion in recess, so oh, is that that's what they one do? one belt vacant so far. Right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, uh, it seems like there's a, <coughs> a, a, a Progre has signed his side of it, and Haney he hasn't signed his own. That's what up. they're saying. You never really know, but that's what Progre's saying. Yeah, yeah, it's um, the, the only thing I would say about that fight, uh, someone was saying it on the chat, and others chatted to a couple of weeks ago there, Steve, was that um, that Haney versus Progre is going to be a very, very hard sell. Um, that you know, you know, for us, obviously, it's a fight. You know, we're interested in it. I agree. Um, with you, yeah. But I mean, for for and, and the Amer- there, there's talk. I the, the the last talk I heard was that they were going to put it somewhere in California, like San San Francisco or something, or uh, somewhere in California state. Um, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't San Francisco. Maybe somewhere else. But definitely California State. But I, you know, it's um, it's definitely a fight I'd be interested in. I, I think Progre pro Progre needs Progre needs the challenge. You, he needs something. He need really needs something to get his. He was awful up. in his last fight as well. Yeah, he, he looked. He looked. He just did. The, Would Haney bring that out to him though, Dominic? Because you look at Zario. You look at Haney, negative, tall, beyond the jab, very Zario like. Pro Grey can be very negative and defensive for all of you know, it can be exciting sometimes, it can be negative too. I think this would be a real chess match, standoff, jab, jab, move forward kind of technical fight. 
Yeah, no, I think it would definitely, I think it would definitely be a very technical fight. Though it's um, it's interesting. I, I, I think as well with with Haney, you know, he, he um, I, I think Progre has been struggling potentially to get the ten stone for quite a while. Whereas Haney's probably looking that bit of relief to finally get up the the ten stone himself. That that five pounds, it'll probably. Give, make him a, feel a bit more comfortable um but um yeah it's 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 interesting one i would i would probably i would probably favor haney to be honest with you um I would, yeah. as, as well as as well as that you know what people forget about progress anytime progress comes up in conversation um people seem to always forget how old he's, he is now i mean he's like 33 or 34 um and that sort of he's one of those fast twitch guys. Um and that that sort of uh, you know that that's that's you 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 notice when you when you when you're on the decline that that sort of style sort of ages less less well than than other styles. Um the one thing I would say about this scene, Steve, at, at one thirty five, you know, they're they're talking about uh tank uh, a rematch between tank and uh on the pitbull cruise, I yeah. I have to say I I have no appetite to see that at all. To me, that's 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 not good for me. Like you know, that's, that's... no, I don't want to see it either. But they've been they've been lining that up for a while now, haven't they? Yeah, they've been lining it up for a while. But it's it's you know, I I just to me, there's no excuse for it. You know, he, he's already he, he won he won basically every round of the fight despite having a he, he had a hump. He, he, they're saying he didn't knock him out because there was something wrong with his hand in the first That's fight. Right. Yeah, uh, and I remember watching the first fight. You know, it was it was entertaining, but I I can't see. Um, yeah, he, he would he knock him out? Well, maybe he would. I, I don't really care because you know he, he's going to win either way. You know, the only question is whether he wins by knockout or, or whether it's another lopsided decision. But to me, if you're if you're the point I'm trying to make is if you're Bill and Tank as they're trying to bill him as this next big pay per view attraction, this big box office attraction. There's no, I have no time for pointless rematches. This is just a pointless rematch. If this was, if this was Eddie, Eddie putting this on, would be going, would be going nuts and saying this is another of Eddie's, and and this is worse because there's no, well, it wasn't even a claw. It wasn't even like as if you know, like they've a, it's a, it's a fighter who, um, an essay that has a rematch clause and he lost the fight and he's activated. This is mm. the and then they're still looking to have the rematch. To me, it's, it's cynical. Yeah, I mean, to, I, I, my I, my view is that they, you know, they don't want the, they 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 want to have options not to, uh, you know, not to have to fight Shakur Stevenson. That's I don't think they want that. At least they don't want it yet. Um, but um, you know, I I, I... Garcia, I know, like you know, when Rob's been on this year, Rob's been saying, you know, we've had the, we've had the big fights this year. We've had, for example, King Ray against against the uh, Tank. But I was very underwhelmed by that fight. I have to say, I, I don't I don't think I'm the only one. I think there's a few others in the chat were sort of for all the hype that it got that it it um to me the Ryan Garcia really I thought he let himself down again. Not to call someone a quitter, but um I I thought you know that. That was disappointing, but 
Uh, Matt Butter says, hey, hey, Progre is a fantastic fight. It is a fantastic fight on paper, yep. absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's a really good one. I just think the reality of it will be quite technical and maybe tough to watch. But if they're going to make it, yeah, 100%, I would definitely want to see that. Uh, no no need for the cruise rematch for Tanks, as Michael Thompson needs to get at it with champions. From now on, talking of getting at it, let's quickly slide through the undercard of Zapeda before we move on. Victor Morales, excellent scrap with Edwin Palomares. The scores didn't really do justice to Palomares' efforts there. And Eric Priest looks decent. They put him in against Simon Madsen in a bit of a step-up affair, and I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, Andy, you were mentioning to me that you had seen the showbox card, as did I. A bit of an upset in the main event. Rafael Pedroza was expected to come over and beat Ramon Cardenas. Oh. Cardenas absolutely iced him. And then quick one on the undercard there, the uh, heavy-handed Argentine Merso Cuello defeated uh, Rudy Garcia. They're, they're well-matched little cards, these, I think, the showbox ones. Yeah, as I say, this is the first one I've watched in a wee while, to be fair, mate. And I think I might have picked the right one because I was really impressed with that Cardenas guy, actually. You know, Pedroza started very, very aggressive and then Cardenas has just started dropping good, solid shots, good jab, quick hands. Really impressed with his hand speed, actually. It just kind of fell apart for Pedroza in round two. He's, he's got caught with a left two Kelly, flush in the face, man. What a shot that was. Got it, mm-hmm. Turned it over beautifully. Dropped him early. Dropped him early in the round, sorry. And then Cardenas just went kind of looking for him, really. Just kind of landed a solid right hand. And he's kind of caught him again with another left hook, dropping Pedroza heavy. But I, I would say that he certainly wanted to keep an eye on anyway, Cardenas, actually. So uh, it's the first time I've seen him that I can recall anyway. So certainly wanted to kind of keep an eye on. And you say, mate, um, Coelho against Garcia. I thought it was a, a decent competitive scrap, actually, by two guys. But you know, both guys were kind of given as good as what they got. I thought Coelho was, you know, maybe slightly better, slightly stronger puncher. I thought at least you know, both had good jabs, and obviously had the, the fifth round knocked down in favour of Coelho and that as well. It looked soft, actually, to be fair. But um, again, Coelho invests in a lot of shots with left hooks to the body and that as well. So. Decent fight all round. Uh, those two, then, those those were the two main fights that I seen anyway on the card. And I, I thought both were, were, were really well. One was really good, and one was uh, was pretty pretty shocking. Well, upset, I suppose, because uh, I think uh, a few folk would have picked the other guy to win by decision. But uh, see him getting iced in the manner of what he did actually, it was uh, it was a nice wee surprise. Always good to see good icing on these showbox cards. The boys in the chat are asking after Matty. Poor Matty is not very well tonight, unfortunately. So we wish him well. Hopefully he'll be uh, well enough to watch the pro box card on Wednesday evening. We'll give it a, a cursory mention for him because he loves these, doesn't he? Lester Martinez against Lionel Thompson. Batajan Zhukambayev. Uh, he's going in against Hugo Roldan. And Clay Waterman, an Australian, who featured on one of the previous showbox cards, actually, he's going in against Kareem Hackett. They're both 11-0, and 0, so really nice, well-matched cards there. Let's have a look through the chat and give a shout out now. It's picked up a little bit. Uh, 5,780 in the chat at the moment. Uh, Dez, wish Matty well. Not the same without him. Absolutely, 100%. As we always say, people slag each and every one of us off uh, at some point. But if uh, everyone got their way, there'd be no one here. It'd be dead air on a Sunday evening, which you might be preferable uh, to listen to. Jim McDonald's here anyway. He's enjoying the show, uh, episode 540. So is Michael Thompson, Mark Stanton, Chris Butler. Johnny's with us as well. Dez too. Matt Butters. Shout out to the Patreon nutters, patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. MB's with us. Good lad. M. Lithgow 1983 as well. I just scrolling up, seeing if there's any new names. We had Ames hanging around earlier. Number one um, is in the chat. Just scrolling on up. Uh, Albert Ross. 
Good evening to you, Mr. Albert Ross. Let's see if we can find any more names before we move on to the action for next week. AP has been quite quiet tonight. What's the crack, lads? Dropping in now, says Joe Kennedy. Good to hear from you as well. As always, Joe, and a shout out to Danny Young. Oh, say me, Steve. Ryan Ormer, they are. I'll put you up on the screen as well, Ryan. Extra special. As you are our 5,781st listener. There you are, Ryan. Good to see you in the chat. Right, let's move on to the action for next week then. What have we got first of all? We were talking about this off air, actually, Andy. Uh, this Albert Ramirez over in Monaco next Saturday evening. He's going in against Gilbert Castillo-Rivera. A bit of a nondescript one, but this is a bit of a strange show. Pro-am, some really good, uh, high-quality amateur action on the undercard as well. 31-year-old Southpaw Ramirez, 16-0, 15 knockouts. He can definitely bang. He's a, a cruiserweight, uh, but he was at light heavyweight, up a cruiserweight now. And he absolutely iced that Brian Suarez in a round. You might remember Suarez going in against Lyndon Arthur a couple of Friday nights ago. So we can definitely crack this Ramirez on a, a bit of an oddity of a card overall. Yeah, to be fair, I think this must be classing over the weight fight because he is ranked in the top five, I think, with some of the bodies that like heavy. So um, obviously it's a keep, keep busy fight. But it is an interesting card to keep an eye out, especially use it like your, um, maybe your, your pro-arm cards because it says there's a mix of, kind of top amateurs in there. I think there's a couple of Cubans. Uh, one of the French amateurs is turning, I think he's having one of his earlier pro fights and that as well. That I am, I mean, Katayev, uh, one of the Russians, I think he's a middleweight possibly. Really strong guy. Um, don't know how far it'll go, but um, I'd imagine him bludging whoever he's facing because it says he is, uh, is a strong dude. But Ramirez, um, again, one of those fighters I've, I've kind of spotted coming out of South America. And I think he has got potential to be a world champion, but again, opportunities. It'll be hard to come by. Uh, I don't know what your situation is in terms of promoter, but uh, Southpaw, as, as, as I mentioned, definitely a hitter. Good, you know, when you see him kind of like put his shots together, Matt, he is, he is very skilled. 31 now, though, that's the only thing. <clears throat> so, again, opportunities. And he, he will be a very solid B-side. Saying that, he'll probably turn up on... You'll probably get his opportunity, as I say. You'll probably fucking wash your shit the bed or something like that. But I've got, I've got hopes. You know, I had hopes about um, what's your man's name again? For Ecuador, Gongora. Oh yes. I had hopes for him, but um, he kind of like washed out in the end, didn't he? So hopefully this guy can maybe make up for it. But again, as I say, he just needs to get a chance now to prove it. Uh, I just kind of like on that topic. I see, you know, cruiserweights or he's up at heavyweight now. Yuri Kalinga. Oh. He's fighting in the Congo next week, actually. Next, uh, next week, mate, against uh, Isa Kayembe uh, at the Stade de Martyrs in Kinshasa. So, I don't know if that's the same stadium that Ali and Fraser, uh, sorry, Ali and Foreman fought in. Give me a wee second here for a wee bit of history lesson here, see if it is. Following in the footsteps from the greats, Yuri Kalinga on the return. I saw him it's fight in Dublin once. He did a dance at the end of his fight with Hassan and Dam. Great night. No, it's no. It was actually this is a new stadium actually broke ground in the nineties. So not no that stadium. So no significance here. No significance. Uh, just before we move on to Joyce Jang, Andy, just a very quick one from you uh, on Monday uh, tomorrow. In fact, in Japan, I'm not sure what time this is going to land for us, but maybe we will get to watch it. Strong card: Junto Nakatani defending his WBO World Super Flyweight title against RG Cortez, and Kenshiro is also in action against the South African Heki Budler. Uh, Ken Shiro holds the WBA Super World Light Flyweight title and the WBC World Flyweight 
light flyweight title. Uh, he lost to that, uh, was it Matt Makabuki or something? I think it was about two years to the day almost, actually. But he avenged that loss. And I think he's looked better than ever since then. I mean, he's not on any way levels, obviously, who is in the world at the moment. But when it comes to like an aggressive come forward fighter and a bit of a star, he's 31 now. And he's really learnt from that loss. And he's absolutely yeah. blasting people away. And I think that Budler's going to give him a good fight. But I'm really like, liking what I'm seeing from Ken Shiro, this new version now. Yeah, and to be fair, this this should have been a unification fight with Jonathan Gonzalez um, for WBO belt, but there's been a problem. That I don't know if it was illness or what it was, but that fight was definitely in you know in talks and it's fell apart. Butler's WBC number one contender, so they've took the mandatory on instead. So, yeah, Ken Shiro definitely looking you know as good as ever now. Actually, to be fair, I think he'll I think he'll do Butler actually pretty pretty bad. Butler's mm-hmm. had his day to be fair, mate. You know, I forget what age he is at this point. He's he's just been a good servant in it, you know, many weight and that type of thing. But he must be well up in age now, and he's he has fought some of the decent names around about that at, at that time. At, you know, especially at those weights. But he's also been on the road. He's took he's took some beatings and that as well. I, mean, I think this will be a step too far from it. Obviously, the the Elwin Soto one's been been one that's kind of like got him back in the mix, really. Um, but at the same time. Hasn't really done nothing since then. And I think Ken Shiro probably at the peak of his powers just now. I think he'll probably do him probably just after the midway point in the fight. I think he'll maybe see him maybe will own some body shots possible because I think Butler's very, very small for um, a light flyweight. And Taraji's kind of like, I think he's like 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, He's small for 108 pounds. There's no hope for you, is there? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I think it could be that, mate. So we'll wait and see. Did they, um, I think the way in the day, actually. Time-wise, I think this will be early morning for us and that, so I'm, I'm going to miss it. I'll just need to kind of catch up with it, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Ken Shiro by mid-ish round stoppage. That'll be a nice... Yep, uh, Matt Butter says by six rounds as well. It is a great Japanese card, Michael Thompson. We'll get it to you as quick as we can, so we can all have a watch, hopefully. Right, let's go from one end of the scale to the others. Joe Joyce and Gilles Zhang would be shitting the size of these light flyweights after a decent <laughs> meal. They're rematching next weekend uh, over in England. I really have no idea, Dominic. This is going to be great punditry. How this fight's going to go, I, I just don't know whether it was a one-off from Zhang, whether Joyce... Joyce is nearly 40. You know, has he learned to move his head? Has he learned to keep the high guard now? We've seen him in the amateurs fight that way. Was he just, you know the kind of guy who was listening to the hype. They started all that thing, didn't they? About, oh, the immovable object. You know, he eats punches. He's like Homer Simpson against Dredrick Tatum. Did he just buy into that and think he just could just walk through everybody? A, a few people said, oh, Zhang, you know, if it wasn't for the closed eye. I know Frank Warren was saying that it, it would have been a different fight, but Zhang hurt him in that fight. He closed the eye. He was landing a lot of good shots. Um, I don't know whether repeat or revenge or... I have no idea what's going to happen on Saturday night, to be honest. Can you help me? Um... I don't know if I can. Do you know what, Steve? I'm very intrigued. But like you, I, I must. I'm very intrigued by this. I'll actually try and I'm going to try my best to watch this one live. Um, I, I'm very, very intrigued. You know, if if, if I'm be up front right with you now, I'll say my prediction is one again, maybe a bit later. Oh, um, hang on. The, you, your internet, I, jo- I, I your internet think... drops out there, Dominic. I don't know if that was just me or not. But we're, we're on tender hooks here to your prediction. Oh, it's it's coming going. It is. I'll I'll move into. I'll just move into. Um, it's just. I'll I'll sort of move this into another room here. It's the internet. It's just. You need to get yourself into the old fire, Bruce. Yeah, can you? Uh, oh, I think it's uh, getting worse. It's, um, bear with me. Oh, go ahead. No, can you? Now? 
I, I'm just moving into a better connection here. It's uh, internet to a bit of fee, but um, yeah, it's it's um, it's very interesting. Um, the uh, it was a few weeks ago actually. It was the podcast. Uh, a week after, um, it was a week after Spence Crawford. I think it was Sunday, the fifth of August. Um, and Ozzy was on, and he was talking about this fight. And Ozzy was of the opinion that um, that Joyce would would win the rematch. Um, bear with me a wee second, Steve. I'm just getting this connected here. Um, live. He's getting connected live here. Getting plugged in. Bear with me. Big prediction right coming now. up. <laughs> Ozzy's even no. got a mention. Remember him? <laughs> I, I, I was sort of... I was, um, I was sort of very interested in what Ozzy had to say because Ozzy was sort of pinning his 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 prediction that that Joyce would come through this time on this whole issue of the weight, this whole discussion point that that uh, Joyce had come in at eighteen stone instead of nineteen stone for the Parker fight, uh-huh. and w- this is one of the things I've been meaning to say to you since uh, I had this in my head to say to you that I thought this was a red herring. Because you know, at that sort of, are we really saying that a stone like there's a, the the difference between eighteen stone and nineteen stone? Are we really saying that that would have you know enabled Joyce not to mark up from them? But as you rightly say, that you know that them shots that were landing so clean that it caused the eye. That that that's why the eye closed because he was landing plumb right on the right on the eye. Um, and to to me, the the, the other thought I had about this was. You know, you're you're asking did did Joyce did Joyce and the, the people who who were you know, and I I was pro- I think I was one of them as well. I, I'm not going to say that it was, um, you know, I'm not going to deny that I I thought he he was virtually you know going to be very hard to put for anyone to put a dent in him. You know, you had all these people. Frumpen was coming out and saying about you know the bone bone density. You know, he had like this sort of abnormally thick bone density in the skull and all this sort of stuff, but um. Mm. Uh, you know, the thought I had was that, you know, the park, a lot of this I thought was based on the Parker fight when he sort of, um, you know, basically just took anything Parker, Parker landed some big, heavy, heavy digs on him and he just sort of walked through it. And when I built up, sorry, Dom, just from like the Stiverne fight and the Bryant Jennings fight, it's like a bit of building sort of narrative. Yeah, it's just sort of, it's just sort of got more and more, it's sort of, it's sort of like a, it's sort of it's gathered momentum and the thing on the park on the parker fight the, the the sort of reflection that i had was that i think parker is very overrated by a lot of people mm. um i i don't think you know i i, I think maybe too much was read in the in the joyce beating parker i i really think Parker is he because he, he okay he won a, a a world title against Andy Ruiz years ago but I mean you, you could make an argument that Huey Fury maybe beat him I mean and what does that say I mean um you know I, I really think he maybe too much was was read into Joyce beating Parker um and I I'd be really interested to see what happens you know. Because I think there's a lot riding on it. Like I think he's one of these fighters. I think there was a discussion came up that if he did lose the rematch, what would they do with him? Or would the, you know? But I I I think you could probably see him 
being repackaged for, you know, like so Fabio Wardley and these sort of guys coming through, fighting at sort of Wembley Arena and that level of fight. But, um, you know, I, I, as you were asking the question there, has he learned how to how to, how to slip a, a, a sort of Southpaw job or any job, whether Southpaw or not? Um, it, the thing that I, I thought that was so alarming, how he looked like he had never seen a Southpaw in his life in that, in that first fight. You know, it was really quite, um, sort of quite shocking how, how, you know, how clueless he looked in, in the face of it. So, I find it very, very difficult to, um, to see anything different. M- maybe a bit later, but, um, or or maybe maybe Zhang, I could see Zhang winning winning the fight on points, but maybe not getting the decision. I could see that. I could see him winning the fight, maybe eight rounds to four, seven rounds to five, and and potentially getting jobs. I, I could definitely see that, but I find it very hard to give Joyce the benefit of the doubt. That that's that's the truth. A benefit of the doubt from Dominic there. Uh, rapping Rob Kelly's jumped on the call. Repeat or revenge, Rob? We're talking Joyce against Zhang here. Some people th- seem to think that Joe will start off a little bit better than the, the last time. But will he fall back into the same style he used last time? If so, will the corner have to intervene? There's a lot of scar tissue around those eyes. There always has been. Is he able to change things up enough for 12 rounds to get this win? And welcome to you this evening, Rob. Oh, t- oh, cheers and shout out to my old mate Dominic there on the call as well, holding it down. Get a life for us, uh, meeting up outside the pod. Um, yeah, no, I, was, but, I, drove, I drove a long, I drove a long way, Rob. So, so, you, I know you, I know you appreciate that. I know you, yeah, I, was, I was stinking, I was stinking rain down the south east that night. It was pissing took down, took him a long way, but he got there in the end. This, <laughs> anyway, um, Joyce Zhang, Jesus, I don't know, like, um, I think Joyce kind of maybe psychologically bought into his own hype about being unbreakable like Mr. Glass you know what I mean like he couldn't be fucking stopped and like he hadn't faced major adversity up until that night where you know he's getting clapped a couple of times and he's walking forward he's walking guys down and he's the fucking what do they call him the juggernaut and he gets to lads and like I bought into the fucking hype too because I was thinking like outside the top guys like this guy imagine him and Wilder and Wilder keeps hitting him and he just keeps coming but then after you've seen Zhang hitting him you're like oh holy shit this guy's gonna have to learn how to fucking move his head at some stage and I think like he just hasn't done that part. Like, you know, there just, there's certain things like that you can get by with and you just don't acquire other skills ever. And I think his head movement is one for him. Like, so can they make him a different fighter in such a short time with the injuries? How much preparation has he done? How much different sparring has he done? Because apparently the last time he was doing fuck all, like he was, he was walking on the shot. So there has to be some change from Joyce in order for him to say, because if he fights like that, Zang will just tee off on him again, you would think. Would he accumulate the same damage with the eyes and that? I don't know. Will fucking will Zang get tired hitting him and maybe fade himself? Like if Joyce could stay in it and, and become a little bit slicker. Generally, I think it's too much to expect a lot of times with fellas to make massive adjustments like that, especially if they're not fighters who think on the fly. I don't think Joyce is one of those type of fighters. I think he has a certain style that's effective up to a point. So I'd expect the same outcome this time. I think Zang will get to him late down the stretch. But I think he might even go distance. I don't know. I don't give a fuck to be honest with you, but I, you know what I mean. It's a, it's a fucking another one of these rematches. I wasn't sure I wanted to see, you know that way. But I'm sure it'll be action packed anyway. I think it'll be it'll deliver as a fight, so something to look forward to, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, I think Rob's right there, Andy. I think it will be an exciting fight. I've been, I've been a bit of a fan of Zhang. His work rate does drop off. I know he had the renal failure in the past, and that that would do that to you. He's near forty. He's a big unit, six foot eight as well. But he has fast hands, nice southpaw hands, as he showed in the first fight, as he showed in the Hergovic fight. But again, in the Hergovic fight, 
he dropped off. His, his work rate dropped off towards the end of the fight. If Joyce can get close to him, maybe tie him up, come in a bit heavier, lean on him, deplete his energy early on, try and st not stand in range, basically, and allow Zhang to pick him off with those combinations, thinking he can take every shot under the sun. If he can make it dirty and ugly for the first four, five, six rounds, try to get the jab off and then grab him and push him against the ropes. And then late on, Joyce starts to take over work rate rise. I'm no tactical expert, as yeah. we all know, but that's what I'm thinking might be a good strategy for him. Well, that's what I was thinking about the first fight that he would, he'd be gradually kind of like start pouring on towards uh, towards the end. But as as we saw, mate, he was getting he was getting lit up the entire fight. That he just could not defend against that left hand. He was getting pinged out constantly every round. No head movement, just getting absolutely marked up, and then you know basically stopped. Um, unless unless he shows, as Rob mentioned, there's some head movement, but defensive nous. You just can't expect to walk through this guy. Um, Barn again, as you maybe mentioned, maybe a medical issue crops up again, or Joyce catches him an arsehole winding a shot that he just gets iced in the first open couple of rounds, whatever it is, but um, he'll definitely need to show something. Um, if he has a slow start and allows Zang to get comfortable, it's a long night for him. Uh, Zang's got long arms, and if he does time the left hand, and Joyce hasn't learned how to move his head and slip punches, mate, um, you wonder if it could end up being the same result, but um, folks saying there in the chat that this guy's been training at altitude and that as well. So if he's also been eating chicken balls with big John Fisher, mate, he's going to be real, real amped up for it. You know, who wants a fucking burger? So we're going to see it. We're going to see it. And also as well, we shout out to our, our, our man Frenchie in the chat. They're slagging off the guys on the on the call. Frenchie, let's go on the chat, mate. Let's go on the call. Let's hear you talk, mate. Let's get your take on the fight next week. Come on, mate. We're all good friends on about these parts. Until we're not. Come on. She's probably still upset about what happened to her in Greece, Frenchie. <laughs> uh, oh, I like French women, though, Rob. You know, especially those, those, those with the hairy armpits so when they lie back, they like the three of clubs. So, do you want to say Papa Qua? You know what I mean? <laughs> Good stuff indeed. Uh, yeah, there's nothing on the undercard that's interesting me, to be honest with you, so I'm going to move on from that one. Um, I know Andy's uh, not going to be with us next week. Uh, hopefully, Matty will be back uh, from the land of the dead uh, to talk Canelo Charlo. Before we get on to that, though, Andy, any interest in this uh, this card, which you might be missing, you'll be gutted to hear next Saturday evening on DAZN. Uh, Richardson, Hitcherson, Hitchens, as Rob has labelled him, going in against Jose Zapeda. Uh, Sandy Ryan's on the undercard as well. Amo Williams going in against Steve Rawls. Hitchens against Zapeda, I suppose. Hitchens is only 16 and 0. Zapeda is a hard punching veteran who's upset a few people in the past in the ring. So it's decent enough for fair, I suppose. Yeah, it's okay, I suppose, mate. You know, but again, Eddie not really delivering the stack cards. You know, he's saving all that money on Canelo. And this is what he's giving us Jessica McCaskill, 40 year old, against Sandy Ryan, who's like 6 and 1. Some sort of all women's unification, it's just, it's just nonsense, mate. It's just crap. Austin Williams, no, the first mate, Steve Rolls, again, okay fighter, mate, but you know, nothing, nothing spectacular. And Hitchens is okay, I suppose, in that as well. But Zapeda possibly just seen better days in that as well. I mean, he was he's been in some fucking hellish wars in that as well. I mean, the Branchick fight took fucking years off his career, but he's managed to get some wins together in that as well. So Maybe the Progre fight was one step too far from that as well. So, again, we just need to wait and see, mate. But it's, it's uh, to be fair, I'm glad I'm away next weekend so I didn't need to watch this shit, to be fair. Not. So, I'll maybe just catch the highlights on Twitter. 
Yeah, another Zapeda says Matt Butters can't keep track. We've gone from William to Jose. We'll keep an eye on both of them, I think. Yeah, so we will be previewing this fight next weekend, but Andy won't be with us, unfortunately. So we're gonna we'll give we'll give his voice a rest a second. We'll go to Rapping Rob Kelly first of all. Uh, so for the Canelo Charlo undercard, Rob, I'm seeing some decent fights on the undercard actually. I know Ugas against Barrios is for an interim world title, but it's actually the other two fights which I think might be quite decent. Elijah Garcia loves to bang people out. We saw him defeat that. Oh, absolutely. We look, maybe he loves to bang people as well. I mean, look, we're all <laughs> friends here. If that's what's going to make a pay-per-view. Jose Armando Resendez, you have been warned there. He split Jared Hurd's lip last time. He Oof. might be getting more than he bargained for this time against Elijah Garcia. And also, Jesus Ramos, big old unit, going against Ericsson Lubin, who's turned himself into a really exciting B-side. Sebastian Fundora rearranged his face. Ramos can punch very hard. I think they have the potential, Rob, to be a couple of decent sleeper undercard fights. It has a... Has a... A touch of the classic box nation days about it, doesn't it? Where it's a card yeah. kind of understated card, but a lot of potential good fights on on the undercard. Bit of action there. Um, yeah, not a bad card. Like, um, Ugas and Barrios is actually a fun fight. I think it'd be high um punch output from the two of them. I think Ugas is fucking finished or whatever after Spence shattered his face, but Barrios not particularly. Massive puncher at 47 anyway, so he might wear him down or whatever, but I think it'll be a good style matchup. And then the others just might provide a bit of uh, excitement in the run-up to the to the main event. Like, but main event is extremely intriguing. Like. Intriguing main event, Canelo versus Charlo. Uh, Dominic, undercard first of all, Ramos, Lubin, bit of Barrios, Ugas, uh, and what was the other one? Garcia against Resendiz. Resendis is a good fighter, actually. He's lost a bit of weight. He's moved to Manny Robles on the West Coast. It, that, that's gonna, that might be the fight of the night. Those two are going to go for it. And Lubin, as I said, we look at him now. Turn pro, very young, real prospect before Charlo iced him, fighting his heart out before his face got battered against Fundora. What's what's the pick of this on, these undercard ones for you, Dominic? Um, I think I think Ugas Barrios. I think that could be a fun fight. Um, again, I, I don't think... I don't think Barrios has any. I, I don't know if he's any business being at one. But I don't think he he has business being up there. On, on Lubin, I think Ugas will win that. By the way, I think I think it'll be a fun fight. I think it'll be Ugas winning. But um, on on Lubin, yeah, I remember back in the day, Brian King was was a really high on on uh, Lubin. Thought he was going to be um, the next big thing, and then he he had that uh, he had that that night against. <laughs> Against Fondora, but um, yeah, is this he's fighting this guy Garcia? Is he? No, he's fighting Jesus Ramos, who was last oh. seen beating up poor Joey Spencer. Oh, I I remember that. I remember that. Well, I watched. I remember watched. What was that on the undercard of? Uh, that was that the last pay per view undercard. I think was that was that was that Gervonta and I think that was Davis and 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 Ren Garcia. Garcia. Well, oh no, it was uh, sorry, it was uh, Benavides Plant. That's right, yeah. I remember it was right around that time of the year, yeah. And I remember that guy Joey Spencer. He, he took a, he took a real, he took a real doing that night. That he was, <laughs> he got, he got hit so hard. He done a whoopsie on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Vintage gag. <laughs> I felt, I felt sorry for him. I, I thought he was, yeah, you know, they the, had the, out the, 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 the pull him out eventually, didn't they? Yeah, eventually after about eight rounds. Yeah. Oh yeah, they they really they really left it as late as 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 could be justified. You know the so yeah that that's I fear for Lubin though. I I think he's um 
you know, I, I worry about him. Actually, he is one of those fighters I would I would worry about. You know, taking too much. So, um, I think yeah, I, it's I, I was always saying, Steve. You know, the do the PBC in terms of depth, they do put on the best, the best you know the best cards. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll actually if, if that's on Fight TV, I think I might actually um is it is that is it Fight TV in the UK? Um, I'm not sure who's picking up in the UK to be honest. Maybe let me see pay per view Showtime Panama mm, doesn't say. So I don't know. It'd probably be them if maybe BT Sports probably wouldn't be interested. I don't think so. Yeah, possibly. No, it is. It's a it's a very good undercard. I think um, you know that 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 Lubin that that could that uh, that could even be probably even better than than Barrios against Dugas. So uh, two two very good fights. The other one I don't know much about the the other one that you mentioned, but um. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good 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 deep card. Give us a Dominic before being on the Give us a quick rundown in case you're not on next week of the main event, Canelo Charlo. I mean, is it a competitive fight? Is it a good fight? Are you happy that Charlo's moving up? Um, I think Canelo wouldn't have picked this. He wouldn't have picked them if he didn't. If they weren't pretty pretty sure that he's that he's going to win, especially at this stage of his career. Um. I can see it. I can see Canelo winning a points decision. You know, eight rounds to four, or something like that. I I would say it might not be too dissimilar to the Canelo fight against Donny Jacobs. Um, mm. I could see something similar to that there. Um, I, I've been watching that. I've been watching the Showtime All Access um stuff on on Charlo. Uh, and. I think he comes across like an absolute weapon. And someone said to me in the chat, "Well, that's because he is." <laughs> I've got him for Bell you the week later, don't we? I think he's. I I think he. I, I think he's. He. I I think Crawford. I have to say, I I think Crawf, Crawford would beat him if they fought at at, uh, at Super Welter. Um, I know a few guys in the chat took issue with that. Um, and thought that Charlo would be too big for Crawford, but I, I think he's. Um. It'd be interesting to see actually what he does if he does lose this as I expect him to lose it. It'd be interesting to see what he what he does next. But um I, I think Crawford would actually in fact I think Crawford would stop him. I wanna say that. I, I think I, Crawford would frustrate him and they pick him in the first half of the fight and then his I don't think he has the mental the yeah. mental strength to compete Emotional. with with, uh, with Crawford in a in a fucking long night, like when he brings him to the trenches. I think that's ex- I think that's exactly it. I think I think there's something about his, as you said, Steve. There's like a there's something emotional or, or sort of over emotional. I think so intense, think, isn't he? He's a chill. Could a, you could you could see him implode. You could see him sort of. You could see him. I I think you could see him. I really do think Crawford would get to him late. I have to say. I think that's what you're seeing with the brother, isn't it? It's like a. It's massive intensity. They come with. They obviously got well well paid by Al Heyman the two of them. They've been thrust into the limelight in America. These fucking idiots were leaving like fucking forty grand cash in a fucking handbag in a forty forty club in all New York. Like they were wilding the fuck out, but I think it's got the better of the older one. Like that intensity, that always being on. And Harrison was exposing that against the the smaller one. Um, in his fight, wasn't he? Like he was saying, like this guy's fucking emotional. Like he's um. Oh no, that was the old, that was the bigger one, wasn't it? I can't. I can never remember which is which. Which is which? Which, which one fought Tony Harrison? Yeah, that was that was this one. Oh, no. this one, yeah, and yeah. he he exposed like, and he was saying to him like, "You're talking too much, like you're doing." The other guy is even backing even louder, like he's fucking worse again. So I think 
they're they live with some live under the limelight and under perceived limelight as well that they're fucking more famous than they are and stuff like and i think it's gotten to the older brother like i think he's cracked all together that's why we haven't we're not seeing him versus canelo and this guy's taking his place like. yeah des says i think charlo is nailed on to have a zab junior moment at some point you never know he might start throwing stools about the ring on there on Saturday evening. Uh, Andy, what about the fight itself? Uh, uh, from your vantage point, what you're seeing here, a couple of points of interest. First of all, the size. Obviously, Canelo, he's matured into sort of this 168, 175-pound fighter, but he comes from a much lower weight originally. Even though Charlo's moving up, he's a big guy. He's got a big frame. He's very tall, so I think he'll carry the weight quite well. Uh, as it comes to activity, I think it's going to be quite a low-output fight, which leads me to believe it might be more competitive than people think. Because to get on, on Canelo, like Bivol did, you've got to have high energy, high intensity, throw a lot of shots. Charlo doesn't tend to do that. To get to Charlo, you've got to do the same, like Brian Castaño did in the first fight. Canelo doesn't tend to do that. So I think it could be a battle of the jabs for so long as it goes, and then it might break out late on. But then we've seen Canelo fade late on, whereas Charlo tends to come on stronger, stopped Harrison late on, stopped Castaño late on. He's the king of the rematches. He needs to do it in this first fight. He ain't going to get a rematch. Yeah, possibly, mate. Again, obviously, the other thing as well, isn't it? Fact, both guys have no long off like having hand surgery or hand problems and that as well. So, obviously, I, I was looking through some old notes here. I came across some comments here that I wrote during it uh, for Canelo against John Ryder. He said um, he wasn't cutting the left hook loose as much. You know, that's usually his, his signature shot, the left hand. Um, Charlo, I don't know if anybody's, anybody's been catching all access episodes, but he's still getting therapy on his, on his left hand. Um, as well, so again, maybe maybe guys might be a wee bit kind of tentative early doors, no one to kind of like let the power shots go too early and maybe risk hurting the hands. Who knows? But I think uh, with a wee bit of chess match early doors, mate, to be fair, I think you'll have Canelo possibly chasing him a wee bit. I think we'll see Charlo maybe you know, circle outside of the right, he'll try and pop the jab, but he'll definitely have, he'll, he'll need to have his moments, mate. Definitely, he'll not be able to kind of like move all night, he'll need to stand and. Definitely land some shots. I mean, he has got the height, he has got a wee bit of reach advantage on Canelo and that as well. So he's just going to try and take the Biffle blueprint, really. You know, jab, right hand, and then obviously when Canelo's covering up, he's going to try and then cut loose maybe a three punch combo, three, four punch combo, go back out the distance. Canelo's got to reset himself, keep moving, you know, jab, slide, right hands and that as well, if he can do that. But as you say, Charlo's quite a slow starter. Canelo could take a wee be probing, you know, for a few early rounds and that, and then they can maybe kick off, but I th I th I'm not too sure about if it will, if it will break out into a fight. I think we'll have moments where both guys are maybe kind of like, you know, scrapping and then maybe come into a clinch and they've got to, you know, get broken up. Um, uh, for me, it's an interesting one, really, because obviously you've got Charlo coming up, but I agree with you, mate. I think Charlo will hold the weight pretty well. He seems to have the frame for it. Mm. You don't need to cut too much as well. So he walks know. around at one eighty. They were saying so. Yeah, so he's no, he's no, he's not leaving too much in, in in the gym or in the sauna or whatever it is he's going to do to try and make the weight. So um, and again as well, he's, he's six up, foot one or something too, isn't he? He's big yeah, guy. Yeah, he's, he's, big he's, unit, yeah. And he's coming up two weight divisions, isn't he? So again, not a lot of weight to cut, obviously. So I you just don't know if it's going to factor him. He might be more, you know, more energy, you know. Canelo as well, mate. He's now, what, 33, 34. 
That's an older thirty three, thirty four. Yeah, really long yeah. Say, like yeah. Over, well, over, uh, well over sixty pro fights now, mate. You know how many? Very camps? active in the last five years as well. Like fucking, yep. pr- how many training camps and up and down weights? Like, and I know he's wind assisted going up and down the weights, but you wonder when it, it's going to implode. At some stage, he's just well, going to go slow that. or something. Like this is what I was going to get to because it says you know he was he was quite active there until the hand until the hand problem. Obviously, then he come back against John Ryder. Um, it doesn't look the same fighter to me. I think I think the feet are slowing down definitely. Um, the output, he can run out of ideas quick. Um, I think we saw against Bivol and that as well. It's a step too far in terms of the weight, but again, they offered nothing as well. Even even trying to kind of like change it up doesn't really offer nothing as well. I just if if Charlo can time his left hooks, uh, and keep away from the likes of the keep away from the ropes where Canelo tries to get you and do some of his best work and that. I think I think Charlo could could. Potentially spring an upset. To, to be honest with you, I mean, obviously, maybe not in terms of the scorecards and that, but I what think, you'd say uh, about Canelo's though in big fights up to sixty-eight at least. I, I thought the two performances in seventy-five and how Kovalev was fucking jabbing his head off in the early stages. of Kovalev was what he was at the time, and then Bivol obviously did what he wanted with him. But in the big fights at sixty-eight. He's been fairly devastating. Like apart from not knocking out the old version of Triple G, he blasted through Caleb Plant and blasted through Billy Joe Saunders. Like, yeah. but I, I agree with you. I don't think he. I don't think he's. I think he's slowing down a fraction, and you can see it. Like, so you could. You could. Like Charlo could get out and outbox him. Like we we've seen him before. I don't think. See, the, the problem with that is everyone's saying Charlo could outbox him. I don't think Charlo's necessarily the slickest boxer in the world. Where Lara gave fucking massive problems. Where. Trout gave problems where Floyd obviously schooled him. That's a long time ago. He hasn't fought in too many fighters with that same style since. And I don't think Charlo's that either, is he? Like he's not that slick. He's yeah. not that good no, with his feet. He's not so. in and out. He stands yeah. too long because that's how Castanio had success against him. Yeah, if he yeah. does go to the ropes, nah, he will he will cut his hands loose, Charlo. You know that that's the other thing as well. But what was what was also going to mention is his mentality. I mean, all, we all question you know, he's a bit uh, emotional, that type of thing. But as you say, Steve, I mean, he, he's, for all those rematches, he's got it correct each and every time. You know, he stopped both opponents, Castanio and Harrison, in rematches. He's got his mindset totally right for the rematches. If he gets his mindset correct for this one, and that, I, I think I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a potential upset here. That's if he's completely on the ball. I think Charlo could definitely spring it up. I agree. I agree with you, Andy. I think Charlo is a really live opponent. The only thing that gives me cause for concern is the scorecards and that. I know it's an age-old yeah. saying, but look yeah. at Bivol. He dominated Canelo 10-2, to and they still tried to rob him. He only got it 115-113 across the cards. It was one of the most one-sided fights I've seen at that yeah. level. It was almost 12-0, mate, to be fair. I think it was closer to 12-0 fight you could get. Yet somehow the try... What was it, a 6-4, 6... Fucking ridiculous scorecards. Mm-hmm. And I've said it before, the last four rounds, Canelo did not. That the, this well, fight's now, you know, he's he's gone, he's gone over to the PBC for this fight, hasn't he? So, uh-huh. you know, the Bivol fight was on the zone, and I always look at it and say, well, you know, what? Who's who's going to be the house fighter here? Yes, Canelo, he's he's a big name. He's he's come over, and maybe it's baked in that they want to set up the the Benavidez fight, but um, um. It will be interesting to see what what the scorecards are like. If it, I I can't see. Ah, Heyman's not stupid. See. He's not fucking. They're they're bringing him there for a reason. He's going to gen- keep having him fighting on Mexican holidays. Yeah. He's going to fucking generate yeah. serious bread. Like they're not going to jeopardize. He's the A side in he already. <laughs> yeah, and, um, 
It'll be interesting. I can't see either man. I can't see a stoppage here. I think I think it's gonna to go to the cards. I think so. Andy, so are you gonna what what are you gonna go for then? Bivol Canelo and Joyce Zhang. What's your final sort of predictions? Andy. Andy. <laughs> Can you hear me, Dominic? I think Andy's mic's maybe dropped here. Sorry, mate. I'm no, I'm didn't nip away there. Sorry, I didn't catch you, mate. I didn't nip away and grab a drink there. Sorry. No, sorry. I was just saying final predictions. Canelo, Charlo, Zhang, Joyce. Ah, Joy, Zhang, I think, wins possibly late stoppage. I'm still on the fence in terms of Charlo, Canelo, but I'll, I'll be a pussy and I'll say Canelo wins on points. But I'm, I'm sniffing an upset. I might be swayed closer to the time when I get built in at the hype a wee bit, but I've really enjoyed the two Access episodes. There is a real respect between these two, actually, to be fair. Um, which is uncommon, actually, to be fair. Usually, you, know, you get the Charles talking shit. None of that this time, to be fair. And Canelo was just... Canelo really just kind of goes about his business, really, with the minimal of fuss, really, eh? So... Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, Matty will be back next week and we will preview it. I was hoping to do a post-fight for Joyce Zhang, but for reasons beyond our control, we're not going to be able to do that, but hopefully get into the post-fight pod scene again soon. We have been, I have been neglected that, I must admit, over the last uh, wee while. So we'll get back onto the post-fight pod no, scene. No, 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 Steve. We haven't been neglected. We haven't been getting the likes. Yeah, well, Remember that's the challenge oh, for the likes. That's right, that's right. Yeah, Remember? I forgot about that, yeah. No, that's why we got two weeks in, didn't we? We need the 1,000 likes and we only got 10. No, we need we needed a hundred. We got like eight, is, eight, you know yeah. what it is? Not the fuckers, fucking listeners. But they're sitting in the fucking chat, just like the fucking thing with you. Just like hit the hit the like button. It's not gonna fucking kill you. Like I listen to you every week when I'm not gonna hit like on my YouTube. Fucking just know, do that. Like. Need the algorithms here, so we get. And I should stop the... cursing as well if we really want to grow the show. Stop. I'll stop no, cursing me, if you just start hitting the like button. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully soon. All right. No, you can curse away, boys. Right, so let's get on to the belly of the week and get out of here. We've done our best, haven't we? We tried our best. We're talking about Charlo there. Hopefully, we won't get. I'll tell you what, being every Monday morning, we keep getting for the videos, having to sit and trim out segments and whatnot. So I'm cutting the videos down as best as I can. But we've got Charlo here anyway, making a prediction. So we'll play this one for Belly of the Week, episode 540, and see what happens tomorrow. Hopefully, the, the, the PBC won't ice us for this one. Char- Charlo, uh, with, with some shite talk. If I'd have knocked him out, or I'd have dropped him maybe one time, I think that I would have got that fight. They are. Castagno fight. fight. If the Castagno fight. fight would have knocked him out or dropped him one time, <laughs> he could have got the fight. There you go. Yeah. He's right, isn't he? If he'd have knocked him out, Andy, he probably won the fight. Probably, I definitely, mate. You know, there's every chance of that would have happened, mate. mate well, if he knocks so. Canelo out, he might get a draw, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The only, uh, I said before, Andy, about him getting rematches. The only chance he's got of getting a rematch with Canelo is if he beats him the first time. So, of course, there's no rematch clauses. Well, I don't think so. Anyway. I don't think so. Anyway, it reminds me of Stephen Michael Owen, Pig Ponditry, and BT Sport that the team that scores the most goals will win. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely obvious. But then again, with VAR these days, mate, there's not always the case. That's a good point. Vatican-assisted referee, and it's brilliant. Yeah. It's doing his job at the moment. Aye. Uh, <laughs> fuck's sake, I forget what I was going to say now. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Michael Owen. 
like alone when he got say he got caught sixth in a one, didn't he? The one sold her story to the paper. She's like, Michael Owen has been sexting me. He sexted me one day when he went off to the races. I sent him a picture of my bris and he said, They're lovely. Are they falsies? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why I even ask that question, man? Why not just wait till you get there and test them for yourself? Moved operator, you Michael Owen. <laughs> uh, anyway, man, he, he, he does come across as the most boring bastard out there, man. Eh? A date with him must be like fucking watching paint dry or even listening to it. Fucking hell, man. Like listening to us on, on this episode? Aye, true enough. Maybe. <laughs> do you remember he actually did, he did a, there was a YouTube video of him doing a, a flyover of Dubai, I think it was. He's a helicopter pilot. And he's doing like his local tour guide and that, man. I was like, oh, fuck, it. I wish that helicopter would crash right at the sea, man. Skis all fucking peace. Neville, Neville South was a big fan of his, by the way, as well, for what I hear. Oh, is he really? He's quite vocal in the old Southall. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that video with when Owen scoring goals and that young goalkeeper? He's about twelve year old. Oh yeah. And Owen celebrating like it's a World Cup final. Southall's <laughs> <laughs> like that. He's twelve year old, you wanker. You know. <laughs> well, talking to wankers, Andy. Going but straight yes. forward. Going straight forward on this first one. I didn't cut the video. But as I explained, I'm sick of cutting them out. Did oh, you see this one? I did see it. AB throwing hands with mate, a McDonald's worker. Mate, I cannot even begin to dare even explain what he was saying, man. It was N word every fucking every almost every other word he was saying, mate. And he's just gone off that he's McDonald's orders been fucked up. He's like, hey, dude, get over here. He said he's like be Baracus. Hey, woman. Hey, woman. Get over here. He was really... a dream of real man. You're pumping every night. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get no shots. <laughs> he was fucking raging. And AB, man, you don't eat any fuck about with that guy's burgers. You just don't do that. You know, or his fries, whatever it is that he fucked up on. AB. But, uh, Act in the bollocks. <laughs> Act in the bollocks. About, about burgers. burgers. <laughs> <laughs> He's a character in the Oh, about botulism, actually, after that establishment, <laughs> I would imagine. Oh, dear. Uh, That's another... what fucking Super Broner is, by the way, because he's that fucking... He was only messing, like, you know what I mean? He was yeah. having a prank, like, he thought that was funny, him and his mate. Yo, my dude, where's my food, my dude? But the girl was going to call the cops, and the cops <laughs> in America could come to a situation like that and kill you, you know what I mean? Without even saying... Without even saying it, you say. Police... Who's the dude with the fucking shirt off and the belly out here and the fucking bandana? You know what I mean? B. Barakas' young lost son in there, baby. looking like Kimbo Slice on heroin. Nah, nah, it's not right, man. Because look at the gut he's got on there, man. Smart kids and they got guts like that. Kimbo Slice of pizza. Walking with a pair of shorts and a bandana. I bet he's even got a pair of flip flops or a pair of Crocs or something like that. Like a full of bosh doms in there. No, he wouldn't be using boss doms. No, he doesn't actually. We've seen the fucking <laughs> photographic <laughs> evidence. I've seen the tribes of Wayne's that he's got, mate. He's almost got an NFL squad of Bairns, man. Eh? 53-man roster. That's one thing you say about Brody. You can't question his heart. Yeah. Oh, he's delivering. <laughs> can't question his delivery. Uh, well, I tell you what, man. He's true. True with the same hoodie. He never leaves one in the chamber, man. <laughs> he's always fucking unloading it. Oh dear. Shout out to AB. 
Um, Hellbeard with a good, a good one. Is this, <laughs> is this one of your man Ryan Deal's fucking? No, this is Hellbeard on my on my um, Twitter. Done this one. Matthew finally commented on the Paul Pogba doping news. Oh, there's there's some uh, doping scandals with Matthew at the moment. Well, Paul Pogba is not one of them, but this was a uh, photoshopped here. Uh, by Hellbeard. Can I just say thank you, yes. Matchroom, for doing additional testing for catching Paul Pogba. That's why. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's why they're getting caught. Yeah. Please pay for the zone because Connor Ben is finished on this app. He says at the bottom there. Uh, B Hop stealing the show. Viva Mexico. Well, how many national anthems was there, um, Andy? Before that, was a paid fight last night. I never caught the start of that, mate. But I'll tell you what. Uh, those two ladies that were on that card, mate, at the way in smoking. <laughs> Yeah, I almost got Matty off his deathbed like Lazarus, man. Must be up, up the alien, is it? <laughs> Put a flying saucer over his head. <laughs> Where's Anthony Crawler? <laughs> Richard D. Hall in the background there, man. <laughs> the mariachi band. Oh, dear. There's one man you need to fish out the guard. <laughs> That's a Photoshop. Looking in shape. That's a Photoshop, That's so sick, man. Is <laughs> It's fucking music. That is very feel. <laughs> oh, when the guy's got his top off like that, Andy, there's only one thing I'm thinking. How about this? Yeah. One of the things on my list here to ask you about is you've got a mass of tattoos on your legs, yeah? Tell us about the tattoos. All right, there they are. Oh, there we go. Wow. Yeah, actually, I do. Tell us, t- tell us about the tattoos. Um. Okay, well, I mean, i got tattoos on my arms as well, but this the so i've got a dragon and i mainly got that one honestly for art but then i've got the phoenix i've got to show you this if you don't mind okay i'm I've sure this. no one will mind so that's a phoenix if you can tell yes i can see the phoenix yeah yep and that is like i don't know if you, you know obviously everyone knows about a phoenix but a phoenix is the rise of the phoenix you rise from the ashes you know what i mean so, so it's symbolic up, for you it's symbolic. Yeah, definitely. The Phoenix is definitely symbolic for me. <laughs> Riveting stuff that was, by the way. I'm sure no one will mind. It's pretty yeah. articulate there, the way she broke down what a Phoenix is. You know, Phoenix, this is the fucking rise from the flames, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I get it, yeah, I get it. Rise from the ashes, It's meaningful, it's symbolic for you, Ebony. I get it. I'm in tune with your rise from the ashes backstory. <laughs> Fuck off, man, will you? I wonder, I wonder got what the guard... Dragon, got a dragon wonder, for art. I wonder if the guard's a pal of Russell Brand, by the way. <laughs> See me dress the same, by the way. An awakening <laughs> wonder. Yeah. Ah, he's, getting, he's getting paid a bit off the Saudis, man. We kind of hate on the man. He's earning that money. He's earning that bag. We need to keep oh. in with him. Start to get paid from the Saudis ourselves. Yeah, that's, that's when are these Saudis going to come knocking on our door? We're out here, Saudis. Hashtag team guard, I say, Rob. Great bunch of lads. Yeah, exactly. We're team Great bunch of guards. <laughs> uh, Amir Khan uh, was on Twitter, I think it was, on how the banned substance Osterine could have entered into his body. It could have been from drinking from someone's drink. A lot of my friends are on steroids because they want to be big. The new thing is that everyone wants to be on steroids. That's what I'm saying. Fucking innocent explanation. What's the matter? His friends are on steroids. He's sharing drinks with them. And that's a natural explanation, Amir. Who's definitely not fucking tragically Wait. suffering from the effects of fucking CTE, by the way, is he? God help him, like, fuck he is, me. He is, he is right, though. I mean, a lot of the, I see a lot of guys nowadays, man, clearly on their fucking growth, man. 
I mean, literally. Oh, yeah, they're all over it. They're, they're all on it, man. You're saying to yourself, dude, there's no fucking, you're 22 year old and you are stacked. Pipe like down. Pipe down and close your mouth. You're blinding me with those fucking teeth, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, you mentioned Ryan Deal earlier, Andy. He has been uh, on the photoshopping again. Dalton Smith was referring to uh, two of Britain's greatest, Smith's mount- <laughs> boxing Mount Rushmore. Ryan Deal <laughs> jumped in and did his own Mount Rushmore. So there we are. Some- oh, fucking great. Brilliant. Russ, <laughs> we'll never forget the guy and Dr. Jason. Dr. Jones is fucking brilliant. That's brilliant. Who else could possibly be there apart from <laughs> oh, that's he, fucking brilliant. He's been on rare form, hasn't he? <laughs> He's class any Ryan deal. Oh my gosh, sure did. Uh, what else have we got here then? Uh, Anthony Fowler was tweeting out on the 10th of September at 5 to 1. What we're saying, Yalang Yalang, a good thing today, Curtis Woodhouse. 25 past 3, Cora. Should, Big should bang, Yalang Yalang. Exactly. Should we put a bet on? Is he ready? But then things soon changed at 20 to 4. When it comes to horse racing, I'd say the best tip is to keep your money in your pocket. There's no such thing as a poor bookie, but many people lose everything from gambling. Give it a miss, people. You're always going to lose in the end. Thumbs down. They are wise words. Uh, okay. so, 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 remember when Anthony came in and says, if, if, if you're poor, that's your own fault. So, I Anthony, take it, Andy, your lang, your lang wasn't the good thing. Don't gamble Anthony. your money, Anthony, or yeah. you end up fucking homeless like the rest of them. Not me. I'm, I'm beating the bookies. I'm, uh, I've had a Paddy Power account for seven years. I'm 241 euro in credit. It's Ooh. been lucrative for me over those seven years. Mate, mate listen to me right now. Fucking Big John's got me a credit in the bank that you've got there, mate. <laughs> it's about as fucking good as to each of us. <laughs> Who wants a fucking burger? Uh, final one I've got, Andy. Now, you may be concerned, as we all are on the Value of the Week segment, that uh, the Deontay Wilder Anthony Joshua fight might not be coming apparently. <laughs> so the haters are saying uh, an AJ Fury fight as well. Who knows? Apparently, thankfully, we've been informed well two oh. years ago that the fights are actually really easy to make. So it shouldn't be a problem, Andy. Oh, yes. I, I imagine they're coming soon. I have it here from a very reliable source. Deontay Wilder said in his interview yesterday he has no interest in Anthony Joshua and he's irrelevant in the, in the heavyweight scene. I mean. It's baffling. That's why I want Tyson Fury to win, because I know Fury will be up for it. It's only one phone call with me, Bob Aaron, and MTK. Are they easier to deal with in your in your eyes, so you want Fury to win because it's an easy deal to make? Fury will fight AJ. AJ wants to fight Fury. Fury wants to fight AJ. Like I said, it's a two-minute call between MTK and Bob Aaron. It's a done deal. But, you know, I'm I, I, not sure who's going to win that fight. But the comments do worry me that we might be in the same position. I just feel like the winner of that fight is going to be under so much pressure to fight Anthony Joshua, that this time it will be unavoidable. Love it, mate. Two minute call. Two minute call. Listen, mate, you can a multi million dollar heavyweight title fight is going to take two minutes to make on a fucking phone call. Forget your lawyers, forget all the proofread of the contract. Two minutes. That was only two years ago, Andy. You might be right, yeah. to be fair, yeah. given the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, we're still waiting, mate. For what I got told yesterday, it was two weeks ago if it gets made. Probably when MTK was still in the picture, it probably was a two minute phone call. It was like, Yeah, Fury, you're fighting this guy. Okay, Dan. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting paid. Well, listen, we're going to pay you 40 million, but we'll, we'll pay it to you this way, all right? 
the Eddie gets raging. Great bunch of lads, by the way. Oh, I've no say. Nah, good bunch of lads. <laughs> Even Ed. Even Eddie. Uh, those are all the ones that I have got for this weekend. Andy, do you have anything to throw into the party? Not much, mate. It's been quite quiet. Obviously, Gareth doing the Lord's work over the Fury and Ganu fight. Mm-hmm. Hashtag battle of the baddest Riyadh season. So, Gareth getting well paid from Tenio. Even Gareth chase that bag, mate. And just uh, kind of following on for about Eddie's comments last week saying, like, saying, oh, Canelo signing with Showtime means all that money saved will go towards making the massive events and the mega fights. And they piss out that shite on Friday, by the way, that Angel Firo and Erica Cruz Hernandez and that, mate. So, really changing the game there again by Eddie. And probably the one for me this weekend, mate. One for the daddy himself, Big Malik Scott. Santa loves himself some Logan Barry's dipped in Bovril, I can guarantee you that. He likes to get his tongue running about it. Uh, one for me. One Do we all have to say that, though? Oh, I mean, hey, it's all right. It's on my hard drive. It's in there right under fucking Sugar Ray Robinson, Cameron Basilio 2, Mike Scott versus the Mrs. The rematch. The rematch. I think they've had a synergy at this stage. She came in heavier for the return, Ben. I can remember when they were next to the cooker day that man, he's trying to turn the eggs in the time. Working on a lot of things in camp. <laughs> he's some Nick, and he Malik's got like, like he's some Nick to turn up to press conferences with a straight face. Yeah, I think Deontay Wilder's man. We just seen you shagging your missus. Like, what? Well, let's talk about that. Like, we don't fucking we haven't moved on from that yet. Yeah, Deontay and me have been working on some shit. We've seen what you've been working on, fuckface. And he's charging people for, and who's buying it? Hardcore boxing fans, real hardcore boxing fans are buying it. I'm done it now. Donnie's all here, that shit, man. Hey. Oh, he looks a bit of Ebony, Ebony Ivory, that guy. Like, <laughs> Donnie's, Donnie's watching it right now on his fucking tablet with a big fucking green fucking pimp hat on him. Just fucking sitting there watching us. Manny Scott. Donnie just hits him, Alex Scott. Donnie's got that point two five slow speed, right? So you're just watching how that tongue manoeuvres, trying to get it, you know. You see how you kind of you get it flicking there like a lizard that day, you know. The speed that takes some that takes some skill. See on the tongue that way. How do you have small talk with Malik Scott? Like, how's things with your man? Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, training, training Deontay, working on some things. Yeah, Fucking my wife on OnlyFans. I've seen that video on Twitter, mate. You're really going to get him, but the yams, mate. All right. Fuck it. I mean, look, they're enjoying themselves. Fair play to them. Great bunch of lads. Uh, Will you stand says, can we throw in that prick Ben for getting outed by L Brook for sliding into the DMs? Charlo we we read that one out last week if you were listening. Sorry, Rob, go ahead. Ever see Charles misses? He's, got, he's winning anyway, whether he loses to Canelo. Oh. That's all I'd say about that. Okay. Uh, Canelo was doing quite well sexually as well, though, Rob. Of course he is. That fucking Mexican worth 300 fucking million or something. Of course he is. <laughs> we, we, we fucking we fan a bollocks day as well, you know. He's a commodity out there. Ginger pubes. The mommies catch the red bear fever for sure. <laughs> well, I've to remember that that that's that sitcom British show the guy used to say is a uh, ginger hair was unacceptable. Ginger oh, game pubes. on! It's a game on. Is that what it's game called? Game on with Samantha Janice. That was. Yes, yeah. What a pubes. show! By the way, what a show! Brilliant. <laughs> ginger pubes unacceptable, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, going back in time. Any others, Andy? To throw in? That's fine for me, mate. Good stuff. Uh, Dominic, uh, are you uh, hopeful of AJ Fury getting made? Shout it to MTK. Whatever happened to them? It's two weeks away, mate. We just told you. 
It's just too everything. It's too aggressive and too ferocious for Eddie to make any of these fights. That's the problem. <laughs> He's bringing the heavy artillery, Steve, to make this fight happen. All that money floating about now oh, that Canelo's mate. left. All that Canelo money saved behind the bar, mate. It's getting fucking spent <laughs> on the big fights, the meaningful, massive events, the stack cards. Sp- speaking of Samantha Jarvis, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie on Matchroom is like Samantha Janice on Game On and Eddie on The Zone is like Samantha Janice on fucking EastEnders <laughs> <laughs> look at Mark look at Mark Stanton here I had a few wanks about Janice in my younger days <laughs> she was she was peak youth I, we were right did, raging to ho- teenage hormones Andy when that was it oh, but I guess we'll be up to- you know, you can't talk like that these days. You don't have to what's happened to Russell Brand, mate. You gotta keep that information quiet. You can't be saying that shit in public these days. Oh right enough, yeah, that's true. Right, back to the boxing Dominic, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, back to Janice, man. Back to Janice. <laughs> Janice Battersby. <laughs> Any value of the weeks, Dominic, for me. No, no, no. Which you McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> um Bob, what about yourself? No, Malik's got man for me. Who the fuck is he, Nicky? You can't just do that. Like, be a full-time boxing trainer and be just fucking shooting porn casually on the weekend, uploading it to your Twitter. Imagine me was doing it. Imagine I was doing that at Box Asylum. How was your week, lads? I'm here to preview the fights. Hey, Rob, let's talk about Wednesday. Forget about Wednesday now. I'm in a different mode. Like, it's fucking weird, isn't it? Like, Malik's got What the fuck is he at? Boy said it to the group. I don't even follow him on Twitter. The boy said it to the asylum chat. Get a life. Well, at least he's not at least he's not doing taxi G like like Ben 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 Davison. Yeah, well, at least it's fucking stick to the taxi. Unrivaled team, work, mate. Unrivaled work. <laughs> Samantha, there you go. A message to there your heart. <laughs> message to the loins, mate. <laughs> a message to the heart from Samantha there. Right. Smell an impulse off that picture. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Remember the cans, man? There were about eight or nine different fucking makes. I was thinking, I was thinking, man. <laughs> Fucking! Oh, he took me back there, like. How Jesus did we end Christ. up on this? Oh, it was game on, wasn't it? That's, that's the ginger pubes. That's where we got here. Canelo's pubes. That's Canelo. Tangential thinking once again. Here we are. Canelo to Samantha Janus. ADD asylum. Isn't that what Matty called? <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, let's go through them again quickly. Back in three minutes. Here. Mark Stanton, man, you meant to me you got older. It's meant to take longer, mate. It's meant to take you at least three minutes to get it hard, man. Need to see your breakfast first. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got AB, we've got Matchroom with the drugs testing, we've got the B-Hop, we've got the Guard, the Phoenix is rising, we've got Amir Khan, we've got Boxing's Mount Rushmore, we've got Fowler. On the betting scene, and then off the betting scene, <laughs> we've got Eddie, two weeks to flatten the curve, and then we've got Charlo and his shite talk. Who are you going for this week, Andy? Plus all the ones you boys do. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to go for the daddy, man. I'm going to go for a big Malik. That's just fucking... He, he tweeted that shit out, man, and then fucking deleted it. I mean, fuck. Yeah, the internet never forgets. No, obviously, I've been no WhatsApp within five minutes and getting deleted, so what the fuck... <laughs> Do you ever think the missus is getting fed up his shit as well? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, man, I, I'm convinced of learning, learning difficulties with that lassie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's, 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 she's definitely, definitely know her the same age as him, by the way, as well. I don't know, man. She's a quick learner from what <laughs> I've seen, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty bastard. <laughs> 
kind of age are we talking about? Uh, mate, I don't know. My least got late thirties, at least, mate. When, when they first got together, I, I swear she must have been at least, I want to say, late late teens, early twenties. He's got to be in his forties, Scott. Hey? He's got to be in his forties, hasn't he, Scott? Fuck. Wonder if Bob Gardner and Tony Harrison are doing OnlyFans. Okay. Yo, yeah, that shit, man. If that happens, don't know how to put me off, Harrison, wouldn't it? <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dominic, who are you going for? I'm going for uh, Amir Khan, that one about the, the drug test. Oh, yes, Amir Khan, that's a good one. I'm going for Fowler. There's nothing better than he's all over the gambling, he's enjoying himself, he's putting bets on, and then he takes the high and mighty ground whenever he loses all his money about how bad gambling is for anybody. The utter deflation, as MB says. Yeah, I'm going for Fowler. Uh, Rob, who are you going for? Yeah, Big Malik here. Yeah. It's got to be Big Malik. Sweeten <laughs> his fucking sex life on Twitter. What's wrong with this guy, man? Fuck's sake. I showed the wife his moves, by the see if she wanted me to do that. Was she about it or no? Uh, uh, it looked all right last night. Hey! It's not about that life. Shout out to Malik Scott and the wife. They are the Billy of the Week winners for episode four, uh, no, 540. Losing track of all stuff here. I had one more thing I was going to mention, actually. Uh, yes, Andy, before we get out of here for the evening, 11 years ago this weekend, since the sex oh, put on a clinic, Sergio Martinez, the 15th of September 2012. Yeah. 11 me. years ago, mate, my God. That's I can remember this one, actually. This was one of the fights, too, but we're kind of like, maybe it wasn't a superstarish fight, it wasn't a massive pay-per-view, but I can remember a lot of fans being up for this one because Chavez was obviously... Protected, but he was also given opportunities he never really deserved. Martinez came up the hard way, didn't he? And he earned, yeah. he earned every fucking cent he made, by the way. And even then, as 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 the true champion, he came in there as the B side, and his belt had been stripped because of some political bullshit. And he has put on a clinic for eleven rounds. And I remember me and Matty being so confident, we're fucking throwing money at everybody, saying, like, "I'll take that bet." So confident that fucking Martinez was going to win the fight. And then 12th round happened. And then it got dropped. And my arse started making buttons on the seat. Because I thought he was going to get ice, mate. But he, he pulled it through. But one of the most one-sided ass beatings for 11 rounds. And then I almost felt in bits for him. And that was practically, possibly, the end of his prime after that. Was actually as well. Because that's where all the knee injuries happened. Yep, certainly was. Albert Ross says round 12, I was screaming... At the TV uh, rematch next year, <laughs> John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you remember? Do you remember seeing the build up to that fight? And you've got Chavez barely training, turning up his underpants, eating cereal at two in, at two in the afternoon. And his dad's in the house saying, "You need to train. You need to do this. You need to." He wasn't the it's just mad, isn't it? Because if he'd have trained at all, he could probably could have got about there in the last fucking round. Like it would have, his career would have been so much different. Like he would have been emulating his father, getting pasted for twelve rounds, landing the shot in the twelfth. It would have been oh, made what? from like, and he fucked it all up, taking. Cocaína. And he made some poor choices as well along the way. Uh, dressed, <laughs> dressed like Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Threatening sh- people in, in uh, was it, you know, threatening like a hair, air hostess or something like that, slapped their ass or something like that. He said, that motherfucker is not real. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember this one at the time, Dominic? It's like Andy says, Martinez absolutely ran rings around him for 11 rounds and then he was literally teetering on the edge of getting stopped for the whole of the 12. I almost fell to bits, man. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I and was he was like, yeah, 
he was on the gear. There's no way he would have lasted the fucking 12 years. So the part, yeah, you ever heard Sugar Hill talking about the Andy Lee drug testing situation? Mm. Went into the dressing room and that, and they were like waiting for Chavez's drug testing uh, to, to piss, like, and he was like, no. And the WPC were like, well, it is fucking Chavez Jr. here, you know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> Wasn't there all the stuff in the Andy Lee fight about the ring canvas as well? Yep. Yeah, there was loads Spon- of dodgy spongy stuff. ring and mm-hmm. that small ring. I can remember fucking... it, was a, it was some sort of mad arena too that you had to get a, you had to get a car or a minivan to like to get to the actual decent point so you could walk to the ring. Yeah, and Chavez came in huge on the night, didn't he? It was, it was like some huge. fairground or something like that. Like we held it or something. It was a one eighty five on a night or something. Was he? Was he? Was yeah. he was huge, yeah. man. Yeah. Sure, so that that's what happened. Um, whenever um, uh, July twenty fifteen, when Frampton got dropped out in El Paso, the first round. It was a matinee show, so Chavez was fighting on the evening part, and the, the Frampton fight was on in the afternoon, their time. And uh, the ring canvas had been made deliberately spongy for Chavez. He wanted, you know, didn't want his opponents being able to, you know, dig, dig their toes into the canvas and move away. So Frampton flipping, you know, he, he got into this ring and he just was just sinking into, like, like walking in sand. It was all for Chavez. All for Chavez. The surname carries weight, but that fight, yeah, that was class. And Andy's right after the Martinez one, he went in against Murray, just about got out alive. And then, of course, after that, he fought uh, Cotto with a damaged knee. And now, Andy, just to close things up before we finish up, he's back on the trail. Uh, wasn't he supposed to fight for some kind of title or something, which got Kai Bosch there recently? Yeah, I've seen, I seen something during the week there, actually, that he's talking about retirement again and obviously I think he's got he's trying to get a fight lined up and if he loses it obviously he's going to retire but no chance man fear out fear out Arsenal can keep fighting and yeah, he can fight Russell he can fight Russell Brand because uh, Sergio's done all this work for against domestic violence yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. he can fight fucking Sandy Ryan if you want she can't let the fucking Falklands <laughs> go man he's, he's an Argentinian he can fight her like <laughs> In fact, no, Kalisha Shields needs a body and a record, mate. She wants to fight a man. She wants to fight Keith Furman or something like that. Mm, fight point, Sergio. He's washed. He's got, he's got knee and knees. Fight, fight Keith Furman over who has the fucking worst hairline with a ponytail at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Andy, um, it would be remiss, remiss of me not to mention me. You and Matty doing the punches from the past. Sergio Martinez, Kelly Pavlik there a few months ago. A cracking look back at the career of both fighters and a great fight that was as well. Yeah, I mean, you're talking, this is this is Martinez roughly at his peak. Pavlik, I think at this point he'd been up, I, he'd fought Hopkins at this he'd point. He'd lost to Hopkins, back, yeah, yeah, that's right. And it just fell apart from him after that, obviously, got him to come down and wait, and then, just, you know, the, the lifestyle, but obviously he was a massive middleweight and you know, the weight cut was just too much and Martinez, again, just messed him up really. He burst his nose up and game to the end, Pavlik is always not the Youngstown guys always are, but Martinez was just a different class that night. He was. Great fight. Great night, as was Martinez Chavez. Get on the Patreon if you want to listen to that. Martinez Chavez, we haven't done that one yet, but we might do in the future. That was 11 years ago, almost to the day. Thank you for Andy for throwing that one out to us and also for coming on this evening. For keeping things going as we always do. Dominic as well. Shout out to him for coming on and wrapping Rob Kelly. Matty will hopefully be back next week. He might be in the hot seat. It might be me. Who knows? Who cares? You'll be back in the chat as well. We'll catch you all again. Same time, same place next week for episode 541. I've been Steve Wellings. Hit that like, subscribe and give us a rating. We'll see you all later. Bye. We'll never forget. Yeah, we just got right. Go to Adam.
we want to be honest. Yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking soul that can fight me. I, I fell asleep. I, I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Run for fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has, has failed has failed a test. Seven urine. Seven urine. I will fucking smash fucking you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. Simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.